Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 76 of your favorite bi-weekly trophy hunting show and the first episode of 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Colin Colhovind, joined, as always, by Daryl Fuimano. Daryl, how are you doing this morning? Sorry, afternoon. <laughs> I'm so doing all right, it. man. Yeah, you're not flooding away. We were talking a little bit before we started recording, but we're getting hammered with rain the last couple of weeks in California. Sounds like you're okay. The river's just pretty bulgy. It absolutely is. I'm enjoying the rainy weather we've been getting. It's been pretty refreshing, you know, to have that out here. Absolutely. And it's so cool to me always. Like, I enjoy winter a bunch in California because the hills get really green after everything rains. And it's just got this, like, really vibrant color where our summers, I don't know if people know this who are listening, but summer in California, it's a lot of golden hills, like very dead grass, all that kind of stuff, right? So the winter is actually when it's green for us, whereas a lot of other places, the winter is dead and it's a little bit inverted. So anyway, we're happy to have it, happy to have the rain and glad you're not flowing down the river. If you need to uh, go construct a raft, you let me know, okay? Yeah, I did. <laughs> all right, right on, sir. We're also joined today by the new host with the most. Uh, we're very happy to have him here. Slugger, how are you doing today, sir? I'm the host with the most. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're giving you the, the new nickname right away. Thanks. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to run with that. I'm going to like throw that in all my profiles <laughs> and everything. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. My daughter had her fourth birthday party today, which was exhausting. And I'm so happy it's over, but it was fun. We oh went to goodness. a trampoline place and we had like, I don't know, probably 15, like, four-year-olds running around this trampoline place along with the other like hundred people that were just there on a busy Saturday. So I am stoked it's over. Yeah. This is probably very quiet comparatively. Yeah. It's (laughs) it's great. It's my wind down time. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, It's funny because my niece, well, Steph's, um, Steph's niece, but I guess my niece now as well, had her birthday party today too, was dinosaur themed, which I was pretty hyped about because She's only three, and I'm like, she's into dinosaurs, right? I feel like, I mean, it's 2023, obviously things are different, but when we were growing up, it felt like dinosaurs were kind of a, a boy thing, you know? Now it's like dinosaurs <laughs> for everybody. Pretty amazing. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, she's she's very much a girly girl. My, luckily, my son's leaning towards dinosaurs right now, but mm-hmm. my daughter is, like, we're in the Frozen uh, stage of life right now, so everything's <laughs> about Frozen and Disney princesses, so... <laughs> That's fantastic. Does it inspire you to play some Kingdom Hearts by chance? It actually has a little bit, because uh, I know Kingdom Hearts three has that Frozen section, and I played that. Yeah, I remember hearing critiques back in the day, like people kind of talking down on that section because it's just one big long music video. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. My with my daughter being in this phase, I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna like pull up gameplay clips from that world because I've never actually like looked at this. And sure, shit, it's literally you get all the Frozen songs from the first movie and <laughs> yeah. play through a, play through a music video. I remember there was a mini game in that section where you had to sled down the mountain basically and pick up all these little things on the way. And there's a trophy tied to it. And that was probably the most interactive section <laughs> of, of that world. And uh, yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3. I've been thinking about that game for some reason. It's been on my mind recently because I'm doing this whole cleanup thing, which we'll get into it a little later in the episode. But feeling like maybe I should go back. I don't know. After Disneyland, I definitely had a, a hankering for some Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Glad to hear the birthday party went well, though. Thank you. All right, guys. So this is the first episode of 2023. Uh, if you're listening to this and you listen to episode 75, you, you know that uh, Eli and Narshredder has stepped down and is still in the community. But 
um, is no longer going to be doing the shows this year. So if you skipped an episode for whatever reason, that's, you know, Slugger's beautiful dulcet tones are going to be carrying you into the new year and beyond. So enjoy that. And it's been a little while since we've caught up on some administrative things. So at the top, what we're going to do is we're going to give you an update on our race, which ended in December of 2022. And quickly, before we get into that, we are on a break for the race. There's a little pause right now, which we mentioned last episode, until February. So as of the time that you're hearing this, uh, you'll have another episode that'll come out where we will discuss and detail what that's going to look like. But for the time being, uh, just hang tight and enjoy the break. So with that, Slugger, I'm going to pass it over to you. What do we have as far as our final standings here and and the winner of the final leg of the race? You want me to hit everyone, or let's do? Why don't you give us the, the top five, and then right. start? Maybe start at five and go up to the winner. All right, we'll start at number five. Coming in is our very own Pat the Trophy Hunter, hey. with a uh, whopping fourteen games complete, one hundred and sixty-one points. Congratulations, Pat! Pretty, pretty amazing, considering some of the length of games he's played. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he's working on Skyrim right now, and I think he was saying he's, so far he's at like one hundred and fifty hours. So I know mm-hmm. a lot of his focus has been on that. Yep, absolutely, and with the streaming too, right? He doesn't necessarily get to to play as much as he would like of other stuff. So congrats, sir. Good yep. job. Number four, uh, Sushi with 17 games completed for 162 points. So he beat out Pat by one point. Oh, you guys, that's tragic. Nice job, Sushi, <laughs> coming in. You priced is right him, or price is righted him. <laughs> so that's kind of hard to say. And then coming in at number three, I always want to say Edge, but EDJ3DG. Mm. It just looks like Edge. Uh, <laughs> it does kind of fun 13 games complete so wow. less than the other guys but 175 points so he got them with the rarity there nice job um, but those those places right there three four five they were all like neck and neck through the whole thing yeah um and then the two powerhouses up top um second place is knots 35 games complete holy moly guys 289 points (laughs) and then congratulations knots on the second place well done that leaves our very own drum roll met Ooh, met i think i I believe goes by met rx correct uh 25 games so less than knots uh about 10 games less than knots but he had 351 points he was knocking out rare stuff left and right (sighs) similar to our last couple winners oh my gosh ultra rares you're you're gonna take the top yeah wow well, congratulations to Met RX for your first place in the September through December period of our Platinum race. Well done. 25 and 35 games for first and second place. I mean, that's pretty incredible considering I had eight. <laughs> so, yeah, well done to you too. Well done. I I'm, couldn't help but think that if potentially, because I remember in, in uh, November and in December, Knotts was working on God of War Ragnarok, right? Which is a fantastic mm-hmm. game, new game that come out there that had come out, but not worth a lot of points you know so potentially might be kicking himself over that maybe you play he, some older rare stuff he beat that game so fast i yeah. think he posted the platinum <laughs> in the discord about three two to three days after it launched i think it was the saturday after it like came out on like tuesday or so like it was yeah insane insanely fast so well done big powerhouses up there tough competition i know i can't compete at least this quarter i didn't compete i was doing a lot of backlog stuff so for sure I think it's exciting that the three, four, and five were so close, though. Having that competitive grouping there towards the top is pretty awesome. So, mm-hmm. well done to everybody. 
And uh, yeah, at the time of you hearing this, we'll have posted in the Discord as well uh, in Big Ballers. And uh, Matt will be in communication with you to get you your $50 PSN gift card, which if you play your sales right, you know, you can get quite a bit with that. So enjoy. All right. Let's see. Other updates, um, just general Discord updates. Just wanted to call out. We've added a couple new channels into our uh, repertoire, so to speak. So we've now, we now have an Achievement Hall um, channel where you can post anything related to Xbox uh, three or four of us are pretty active in there, but of course we don't discriminate. If you're into trophy hunting, achievement hunting, it's all good. Post the achievement stuff in achievement hall. And then we've also added Elder Scrolls, which is a very nerdy thread for specifically Elder Scrolls Online, a community game we've been playing on Saturday nights coming up on our, only our second time so far, but I think it's been in a good time. You enjoying it, Slugger? Yeah, I am. Um, it's actually working out really well as almost like a side game because, uh, I'll, when I get into what I, I'm playing, I'll talk about the other things I'm playing, but the one game in particular has me raging at the moment, so it was nice to be able to, like, oh, I'm just going to jump over to uh, Elder Scrolls for a couple quests. And I did that earlier today, and it was just super chill and relaxing. I was just riding my horse around, <laughs> chopping wood and filling my bag up to the max, and yeah, it's fun. I'm having having a good time so far. Very cool. Very cool. And, Daryl, <clears throat> you're going to hop in tonight, so you know we're looking forward to seeing you. <laughs> in, in Tamriel, um, I know you, you've been unable to contain your excitement about this game, so, you know, keep your pants oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. Is it, are you joining us? Is that for real? No, he's not joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl's got another couple hard games he's dealing with currently, but um, yeah, I, I, if you want to, Daryl, the invitation is open. Don't feel like you can't, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i appreciate that yeah, yeah it's just, uh you know may maybe in due time but mm -hmm. at the moment uh tamriel can wait fair enough fair enough we, got wor we have worlds to save we do and oh, we my, need help my gosh they're fucking announcing there, there's an xbox showcase right in a couple weeks or i guess a week and a half from the time of recording where one of the main things they said they're going to be talking about there is is Elder Scrolls Online, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, we <laughs> there's so much. The game is just massive. I can't believe it. Can't believe it. We're it's we're never going to finish it, but that's okay. Alrighty. Um. Next up, we have a new segment for you people, for you kind listeners. Now, if you recall back to the first 75 episodes of the show, a lot of what we did at the top, we had some dad jokes, we sprinkled some riddles in there. We didn't really feel right to continue that with. Eli no longer uh, a host on the show, so we thought we would come up with something different. And Daryl has got something to uh, to get you thinking, to get the brain juices flowing. So Daryl, why don't you take it away with what you got for us today? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm pretty excited to uh, kind of launch this game with you guys, and I'm hoping we can also get the audience involved as well. So decided to come up with a game that's kind of centered around what we do here on the show. So obviously we're trophy hunters, so we figured we'd come up with a game that focuses on trophies. So what I'm going to do, I got a couple rounds lined up for you guys. Uh, one's just going to be like the warm-up round just to see how you, how you guys feel. Uh, and then we'll kind of go into like more formal round. Like these are where the points are going to matter. Okay. So I'll read off three trophies. And these three trophies are from the same list. So you won't have a problem with trying to figure out you know, where these trophies come from, they're all from the same trophy list for the same game. Okay. So ideally, um, I'm going to read, read three trophies, and they're going to be in the bronze, silver, and gold 
um, value range. Ideally, that's where I want them to be, but as I was going through like a few trophy lists, like the gold trophies were pretty generic. They weren't really like, didn't give a whole lot of context on to what they meant. So there's in my next round, there's gonna be like two bronze trophies. But ideally, I want like there to be like a bronze, silver, and gold trophy. Okay, uh, that makes sense. Off to you guys. Very nice. Uh, you know what? Let me let me highlight this and get black. So I had to turn it white so you guys didn't like read this beforehand. Oh, I see. <laughs> That's pretty clever. So You're I, like using using disappearing ink on us over here. I saw the it notes. there, and I wasn't sure if I was supposed to see it. So once I saw like. I think I saw a bronze trophy, and then I was like, this might be part of whatever he's going to do. And I, like, scrolled away. So, like, <laughs> I'm trying to be honest in this competition. All right. Well, now we know that if you win, you fucking cheated. I mean, basically, we have we have evidence. That, uh, it's illegit- illegitimate. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> All right. Trophy gate. Guys ready? <laughs> trophy gate. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I am ready, sir. All right. The first trophy. Uh, is a bronze. It's called Winget, and the trophy description is Traverse Across the City Rooftops. Mm. Okay. Alright. Second mm. trophy is a silver. This one's called Backpacker. Collect all backpacks. Okay. Alright. Can all we right. make a guess, or do we need to hear all three first? Yeah, what do we... I can wait, if you want to... It's a warm-up round. I'll we'll go through all of them. Yeah, well, okay. yeah. yeah. Okay. A uh, gold trophy, the last one, is called I Heart Manhattan. 100% complete all districts. This is the warm-up round, so I'm going to be a little shocked if you guys don't get this one. Yeah, yeah. Well, so my, my thing is, okay, I'm deciding between two games, right? So it's either it's either Spider-Man or it's Miles Morales. And I actually don't... I think it's Spider-Man is the backpacks, and Miles was like the music samples and, and stuff like that. But I could be wrong. It might be Miles. Yeah, I don't think there's backpacks in Miles. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm saying Spider Man. He has four Spider Man. Yep. About you, Spider Man. I agree. Uh, the first, the bronze trophy had me thinking Spider Man, but I'm like, well, there's a lot of games in New York, and I couldn't remember getting a trophy just for like running around the rooftop. So I don't know. Maybe that's story related. Hmm. But the other two, the second you said collecting backpacks, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't forget collecting those like 50 or 75 backpacks. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It is Spider Man. You both are right. Let's go. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. All right. We got the warm up round. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I'm hoping the listeners also got Spider Man because I figure, you know, just to kind of ease our way into this game, I'll pick an easy one for you guys. I, okay. I think that's a really good choice too because it's it's a very common platinum. So like a lot of yeah, a lot of people will I think know those trophies. You know what I mean? So yeah, good call. All right. All right, here we go. This is the real round. This is where things <laughs> are, are gonna you know this is where it gets real. Okay. Separates the boys from the men. All right, and this can be any exactly. PS4 or PS5 game, or it, does it include <clears throat> like PS3 games even? Honestly, I haven't really thought that part out, but I just picked. A game that you get. I looked at both your trophy lists. Oh, okay, okay. These All are right. games from both your lists. Okay, fantastic. Didn't really care about the PS4, PS5 version. Um, but yeah, no, no that's fine. I just meant like because you know some older PS3 games, like you know, like those ones would be really obscure, probably. But I see what you did here. Okay, no worries. All right, so here we go. First round of this new trophy game. All right, bro- bronze trophy. 
and the trophy title is set up a date. And the description is, bring a tamed lion to a crocodile. The fuck? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is that your final answer? No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Okay, bring I have a... a tamed lion to a crocodile? Yes. Did I play Zootopia or some shit and I don't remember? <laughs> All right, okay. I have yeah, an idea. I, I have an idea. I'm going to need to hear more. I have no clue. <laughs> All right. Here's your next clue. Silver Trophy, Archer of the Month. Headshot an enemy with the bow while in the air. I think I might know. You guess at the end. Let's guess at the end. Okay, we'll make that the standard. Mm. Go ahead. I want the yep. listeners play. Yeah, good call. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. Last trophy. It's a bronze. Run for your life. <laughs> Run away from three fights with a hippo. <laughs> 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 so fucking weird taking these three trophies out of context you're like this i think people will be surprised if they don't know it like oh my gosh yeah you guys no, got I, it i'm I, feeling pretty confident i'm feeling pretty good Slug- slugger you should go first this time because i answered on the, the right, warm-up. is it uh assassin's creed odyssey or not odyssey uh origins Woo-hoo! oh you saved yourself there i think <laughs> it, i think it's assassin's creed origins as well yeah you guys are right yeah! Wow, <laughs> Let's go. The, the silver trophy kind of gave it away because I don't remember doing anything with the animals in that game, bringing oh. a tamed lion to a crocodile. Dude, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, so it's really funny because I was just playing that game casually. This was pre-trophy hunting. But if, if folks, long-time listeners will know, this was one of my first Platinums I actually got. And I remember like getting towards the end of the game and being like, huh, let me check out some of these other trophies I haven't earned yet. And one of them was that, like, tame a lion and bring it to a crocodile and i was like what the hell like how am i supposed to do that so that one actually did uh stick out to me but it doesn't sound like if you read those three like that doesn't and i told you that was assassin's creed you'd be like huh yeah yeah it's it's so funny especially if you're someone who never played the like later iterations of the game if they've only played like classic assassin creed yeah, imagine if you've like, only played the Ezio collection and I told you these were <laughs> Assassin's Creed trophies. <laughs> Could you tame animals in that game? I don't remember taming anything. I th- I think you I mean obviously you Yeah, had you could to, you could. But... I don't remember if you had to like poison it or if you like put it to sleep and then went up to it or I can't remember like what the what the process of taming the animal actually looked like, but yeah, you could do it. Makes me want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. You guys killed it. Um, I'm kind of curious to see what the next uh, the next rounds are going to look like. Because yeah. I try to pick games from the list that weren't too, like, you know, hard to guess. Yep. But also, like, games that you both were familiar with. And uh, hopefully, you know, the audience has played these games as well. I'm pretty sure they have. Yeah, those are both really good choices for uh, the first round of doing this. For sure. And I'm going to do, I'll, I'll try to do the same. You know, I'm going to, I'm not going to try to like just pick games that haven't been touched by any of us. Yep. Um, right. So <clears throat> yeah, very cool. Thank you, sir. Well done. Listeners, hopefully you got a couple as well. Both, I would, I would assume. If you didn't get the second one, hopefully you got Spider-Man. All right. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll start keeping track of this actually in points. It might be fun to track this across, across our episodes. So very cool. Yeah. Good warm up round. Yeah. The absolutely i feel like daryl like i feel like every time we rotate through like if we're taking turns on this we should aim to get a little progressively harder and harder Ooh, 
like pick more obscure trophies. So like <laughs> next time Daryl hosts, he should go for like medium difficulty. Okay. Like start start with something that's that's similar to the Assassin's Creed origins and then I don't know, maybe go a little bit more obscure. Yeah. Actually my um, mind is already getting some some ideas of shisty ones, right? You could you could I'm gonna screw ooh. you guys with like a like bronze trophy complete chapter one <laughs> <laughs> like dead tells us nothing <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh okay guys very cool let's get into the next segment here we've got some platinum shout outs this is a newer segment we've been doing but uh it's starting to become a favorite of mine to look at because it helps us to take a look at our community and what they're posting in the discord and just try to recognize some accomplishments for folks so, and this is outside of our, our race callouts and all that stuff too. So that's very cool. We'll usually see some different names. And uh, first up, a name that uh, was in the race callouts though is EDJ3DG or Edge as he's become colloquially, colloquially known. So EDJ, your name is now uh, Edge. Okay. You're just going to have to go with that. And he earned Ghost Runner, <laughs> which has a 0.6% on PS Native and 11.31% Platinum on PSN Profiles for the PS5 version. So still a pretty rare platinum i would say i know slugger that you played this and had a really good time with the game mm -hmm. uh, anything else to add here boys on this one i mean nothing to add i i think it's a great game highly recommend it it is challenging but i i think it's a doable challenge like anyone can probably do that if they play games the dlc uh, wasn't too bad was it no it was similar it was pretty similar to the base game uh difficulty wise but the story is pretty cool. The gameplay is really fun. It's almost like a really fast-paced puzzler. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's a first-person, I don't want to say shooter. Like, you're a ninja, a cyber ninja. Um, but, like, the way you go about the arenas and stuff, it's almost... Because you, you die a lot. Right. I died probably 100-plus times in this game. Um, nice. But it's, like, it's one of those games <laughs> where you die, and it's an instant reset, uh, which is, like... I know it can be good and bad, but I personally like that because it's like cool right back into it. And then, yeah, it's just picking apart how to get through an area the correct way without getting hit by a bullet. Because that's the other thing to say. One hit and you're dead. Ah, uh, so that's so, why. Okay. Gotcha. That's what makes it tricky. You can't sit there and like tank a bunch of bullet hits. Like if one bullet or melee attack or anything hits you, like you're done. So yeah, it almost turns into a puzzle game in a way. Hmm. Yeah, it was giving me like kind of Titanfall two vibes <laughs> in terms of like tr the uh, traversal, but I don't yep. really know why. So okay, yeah, it is on my radar. I did actually add this to my library. One of the few PS Plus games I added last year. <laughs> so we we have it. Uh, Daryl, any in interest from you in Ghost Runner? Uh, kind of. It it is it connected to like Cyberpunk? I remember that name kind of just. No, I don't. No, I don't it, think it is. But there's an anime that's called like Edge Runners or something from Cyberpunk. Is yeah, that, yeah. So maybe that's what you're thinking of. Okay, it's Cyberpunk vibes though. Very mm -hmm. like it's very much a Cyberpunk world, like futuristic type of world where you know you got like the people in the slums at like the bottom part of the city, and the city's like more vertical than it is like wide, and you're like up at the top are the rich folk and stuff like that. It's cool. Yeah. Cool world. Beautiful game too. And it's what, like 20 hours you said? Platinum? 15, 20? Yeah, it's pretty fast. Okay, cool. Sounds like a fun one, peeps. Check it out. All right, and number two for our, our shout-outs, we've got Pat the Trophy Hunter coming with Maquette, a pretty awesome puzzle game 
that is all about shifting perspectives and shifting the uh, basically how zoomed in you are is kind of how I would explain it. I've not actually played it myself. I've just seen some gameplay, but this one sits at a 5.5% on the app or native and 31.53% on PSN profiles for PS5. So not too bad. Uh, had either of you played this game? I have played it. I, I really enjoyed the story uh, and how it progresses. Um, but it's a great game. I hate puzzle games, but this is probably <laughs> one of the few that I really enjoy playing. That's 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 good to hear because I also am not a, a big puzzle game person. But uh, Slugger, what about you? I think you've played this as well, right? Yeah, I got I got the plat on that. I think it was one of the first plus games that was a PS5 game. Um, so I played it because there wasn't a ton to play on the PS5 when it first launched. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's good. I suck at puzzle games. I try. I think I went through a lot of it naturally with no guides, and then just kind of cleaned everything up at the end with chapter select. So hmm. uh, it's good for that. Right on. Very cool. Coming <clears> in <throat> at number three, we've got uh, Thrawn with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which sits at a three percent native and a twenty three point two three percent on PSN profiles. Or PS5. Now, this of course is the free game or one of the free games they are offering with PS Plus this month for January 2023. So if you do not have this game, definitely add that to your library. This game is incredibly good, in my opinion. Uh, and the sequel is coming out in a few months' time. So it's a good time to check it out. And Daryl, you've played Fallen Order as well, right? I think Slugger, you yeah, have too. We've yeah. all played this game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Great game. Highly recommend. Very fitting there with Admiral Thrawn, you know, because Thrawn's name is from Star Wars as well. So we've got a little bit of synchronicity there. Okay, coming in at number four, we've got Lorenzo Lame with God of War Ragnarok, which sits now at a 9.9% native and a 47.79% on PSN profiles for PS5. (laughs) It is incredible to watch the stats for this game continue to grow. I'd predicted that this would end up close to Last of Us Part 1 levels, which is something above 50% on PSN profiles, and I, I am convinced that it will. I think the only reason it hasn't so far is because the game is kind of long, and so maybe people are not quite all the way through it yet. But we've talked about this game a ton. It's it's fantastic. Anything else you guys want to add in terms of God of War Ragnarok discussion? Go play it. Go play it! <laughs> Go do it! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my good friends... Did you do number one, Daryl? Oh, yeah. Uh, did I do number one... Or like the twenty six or tw- yeah twenty eighteen God of War. I did. I did do okay. that one. Because you haven't done Ragnarok yet, have you? I've done a teeny bit of it. Um, <laughs> kind of explain why that's the case. Okay. But um, I'm at the part where you're in the bit um, of a leer with the with the dwarves. Okay. The world. Yeah. I'm very early in the game. You're in yeah. you're in Svartalheim. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. God damn it. I need to go back and do 2018, man. I got to bite the bullet. This is really going to bother me because I'm only missing 2018 and Ascension in terms of the entire God of War Platinums for the whole series. So, son of a a bitch. It's just 40 hours for for like three trophies, (laughs) you know? So, we'll see. We'll see. At least it has the PS5 patch where it will run at 60 correct so at least that will be a better experience than the first go around when i played it but regardless go play god of war ragnarok okay 
And last but not least, we have Quinn 1229 with Ty the Tasmanian Tiger, which sits at a 15.2% on native and a 50.24% on PSM profiles for the PS4 version. This is a childhood nostalgia game for Quinn, so I wanted to throw it up there because I know they were pretty excited about going back and being able to play it. And who doesn't love a good 3D action platformer from time to time with a pretty chill trophy list? I think those are tons of fun. But I've actually not played this game. Have either of you played Ty the Tasmanian Tiger? I I have not. Um, it, I'm interested in it, though, because uh, one of the games I just did was a platformer. I don't even know how to say it. Marsupilami or something. <laughs> but uh, that, like, I got the itch now to do more more platformers because that was a really good game. So yeah. I'm definitely interested in checking this out. I think it's, um, yeah, Luke Ukulele. Gosh, why can I not say that? Uh, that's like been on my mind as another platformer because we have King sixty nine sixty nine is playing that currently, and I have percentage in it, so it's a you know possible cleanup game for me. But I think for these games, like, you just really have to be in the right mood, you know. And if you are, and that's kind of like what you're up for at that moment in time, they're really quick and and fun. Of course, the Spyro trilogy, fantastic. Crash trilogy is a little bit different beast <laughs> maybe on the surface seems similar but it's not so anywho uh check these out check out tie the tasmanian tiger and congratulations to quinn okay guys that's it for plat shout outs from the discord if you're listening to this and you're not a member of the discord go on over and check that out we have links on our patreon page and on our soundcloud page and speaking of patreon we are going to take this moment to say a special thank you to all of our patreon supporters we really, really appreciate your continued support of the show and your faith in us to produce a good product. It really means a lot, so thank you. And that's a special big shout-out to Pat the Trophy Hunter, King6969, Skrillis, JB Trophy Hunter, The Sly G. Cooper, B. Down, Maximum Carnage, and Diego Juan. So thank you all very much. And if you're interested in supporting the show, go and check out patreon.com slash trophytalkpodcast. We've got quite a few different tiers of support there. And hopefully you can find something that makes sense for you. Alrighty then, let's get into our Patreon-submitted questions. The first and only one for this particular episode comes to us from Maximum Carnage. And he says, Greetings Itchy and Scratchy and Poochy. Now, i got to stop you here, okay? Because we used to know who was who in these things when we had Eli around. So we're going to need a little bit of explanation on who's who now that we got Slugger in the mix, okay? Because I don't know these characters. Itchy, scratchy, poochy. You want to be poochy? I just like that name. <laughs> I like that. I like the name too, and that doesn't leave me and Daryl with a whole lot of. I don't know if I want to be itchy or scratchy. <laughs> Both of them sound like I have fleas. Which one do you want to be, Daryl? I'll I'll take scratchy. All right. God damn it. Okay. <clears throat> so I'll be itchy. <clears throat> Here we go. Greetings, itchy and scratchy and poochy. If you had to limit yourself to five new release purchases this year, what would they be? He says, it's been a tough decision for him, but he's going to go with Resident Evil 4 Remake, Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Spider-Man 2, and Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters. Oof. Yeah, this was tough because as you can tell, even just from those five that Maximum listed himself, you know, it's a pretty banger year. There's a lot of really good games coming out. And so I'm going to be curious to hear how you guys were able to finagle this down to a list of five and i think what we should do rather than have us just marathon it one at a time is why don't we go around we'll start with you slugger daryl then we'll go to you second and then to me 
and we'll each say one game and maybe a little bit about why you're, you're putting that on your list, and then we'll circle back. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, Slugger, so why don't you give us one of the games from your five new release purchases for 2023? So one of the games I threw it on here because I can't stop thinking about it. It's already out. Does that count? I haven't purchased it. Well, if it came but out in you... 2023, I think it's cool. Uh, no, it was like late 2022. I I didn't know if you wanted 2023-only games, but I felt like it was new enough, so I threw it on the list. Yeah, let's go with it. Um, okay. All right, so I did throw Marvel Midnight Suns on here. Um, Ooh. Because early footage of this game, I don't know, it, it never looked great. Even a lot of the game gameplay trailers, I wasn't like too impressed even as like a Marvel fanatic. And then I've seen, I don't know, maybe it's like some type of guerrilla marketing their team's doing, but I'm literally <laughs> seeing posts about it every day I'm on Reddit. And people are like, it's nonstop praise. Like people are loving it. And they're talking about how, like, oh, man, this game's, like, kind of flopping and it doesn't deserve it. It's really good. The gameplay is addicting. It has a really good, like, satisfying gameplay loop. It's a little bit more casual than XCOM, and I've always wanted to dive into XCOM, XCOM games. But the trophy lists are crazy, and the time commitment for those are, like, insane. Um, yeah. So, like, the idea of doing a more casual one, casual version of that with, an, I guess, like, a, an IP Marvel uh, that I really like, mm -hmm. like my that's like top of my list right now for like next game purchase is probably going to that. So yeah, it's already out. I didn't know if it would fit on the list, but if I had to limit myself to five purchases for 2023, I want one of my games going to that. All right, that's fantastic. I think that's fine because he doesn't actually say that the games have to come out in 2023. Well, I guess he says new release purchases, but that's still, I would consider that a new release the same way I would consist, uh, consider Callisto Protocol to still be a new release. So right. good choice there. I have also heard mixed things about Midnight Suns. The positives, of course, are that the actual combat and the encounter design is really, really interesting and unique and well animated, really beautiful. I've heard the more social side where you're back at your base, so to speak, is really where the game kind of takes a dip and when i listened to defining duke talk about this game it was almost like and specifically lord cog where he was saying there's like a different style of animation almost or like a different quality to the graphics when you're there it's almost like two different teams worked on the game or something mm. like that so that's the thing that kind of held me up from it and not to mention i have one percent on the xcom 2 list so starting another oh, for Axis game just gives me agita, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so I'm fucking, I'm out. I'm not, I'm, but uh, Daryl, what about you? Are you interested at all in Midnight Suns? Uh, not really. Um, once I kind of saw what the game looked like, um, it was totally different what I imagined the game to be when I first saw like the trailer for it. Um, I was thinking like something like Marvel Alliance, like something like that. Mm -hmm. But then, like, when I saw the actual gameplay, um, didn't even know what I saw. And then I saw comments <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's taking elements from XCOM. I never played XCOM. But, um, yeah, it, it, the game itself is a lot different from what I imagined. So it kind of, like, turned me away from, you know, wanting to play it. But after hearing Slugger talk about it, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I might be open to playing it. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah, it's a sale game. Like, way down the road for me. Like, if it's, like, you know, $20 or something at the end of this year, maybe. Which, 
that's not fair to the developers, but it's just not really my type of game. So I'm a little hesitant to spend full price on it. So, but yeah, I, I mean, enjoy it, sir. Honestly, honestly, that's kind of where I'm at too. Uh, and again, I feel bad because I think it's on sale right now um, for like 40 bucks or 45 bucks. And I would, it's bad because on one hand, I want to support the developers, but it's dropped that low this fast already. So I'm like, man, if I wait maybe a couple more months, I could see it getting down to like 30. And at, I think 30 is kind of the price point where if I see it hit there, uh, I'll pull the trigger. So Oh, totally. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, good first selection there. Daryl, what about you? What's your uh, first game you want to talk to us about? Uh, first game is actually coming out in a few weeks, and uh, that's Dead Space Remake. That's the Ooh. one that I would like to pick up this year. I don't know if it's going to be a day one pickup, but it's one that's definitely on my list for this year to play. Big fan of Dead Space. I love the first one. Love the second. Can't say too much about the third. It's never beat it, but... I did enjoy the original a lot back when I played it on the Xbox. Mm, so this is coming out, yeah, very soon, January 27th of of this month. Yeah, so a couple weeks out from now. I just did a quick check, and the trophy list is still not available for this game. So I'll be curious to see what that looks like. But yeah, this was this was tough because Dead Space was on my radar as well. And if you recall a few months back, we were talking about how Callisto was coming out, Dead Space Remake was coming out, and RE4 Remake, all within basically four months of each other. And I felt like, personally, I didn't have the bandwidth to play all those, or the desire, because it felt, like, too samey. You know, obviously there's differences, but, yeah, I ended up going the other way, um, and just just choosing to do RE down the line. But we'll talk about that shortly. Dead Space, though. Uh, Slugger, are you going to check this game out? I would like to. It's not on my list. It's similar to your XCOM situation. I have 1% on it on the PS3 version. And my PS3 is still hooked up. So I could, I think it's actually installed on my PS3. So really, I could go back to it whenever I want and actually do some backlog cleanup as well. So uh, I may just wait. Yeah, fair enough. The question is, are we going to get the difficulty trophies in the remake? And are you going to have to beat it with only the plasma cutter, like in the original? I'll be really curious to see if they keep those in there or not. All right, let's see. Um, first game for me is also coming out very soon. And actually, I'm just going to do a quick uh, quick double check here so that I know the, the date. But it's going to be SpongeBob and the Cosmic Shake, you guys. SpongeBob Square, SquarePants, the Cosmic Shake. Um, <laughs> release date. One sec. I should have put this in the, in the notes. January 31st, this game comes out. And I'm not really a SpongeBob guy in terms of the show. But I will tell you, I have a fantastic time watching uh, SpongeBob speedruns in particular with GDQ events and such. And earlier last year when I played, or I guess it might have been 2021 at this point, um, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom rehydrated, I thought that that game was a really wonderful and fun sort of like one week experience. We talked a little bit earlier about those 3D action sort of platformers, and that's really the vibe I get from this game. And I don't feel like the trophy list is going to be too hard. I don't feel like it's going to take you more than, you know, let's say 25 to 30 hours to do. So this seems right up my alley uh, when it paired with longer games for the year. So I noticed neither of you guys have this on the list. Any interest at all in Cosmic Shake? Uh, Cosmic Shake, not so much. But I think you, Colin, you, you talk about the, the SpongeBob games 
quite a bit, and I, I looked at my backlog the other day. I noticed that I have one of them Ooh. in my uh, backlog, mm -hmm. so I'm kind of prompted to play because you've talked about it, and I didn't even know this game was coming out. So <laughs> I might want to get my toes in uh, Bikini Bottom, you know, coming up soon. It's a fun one. I, I would really would really recommend it. I think it'll only take you about 15 hours to do, and very little guide needed, you know. But uh, what about you, Slugger? Any interest or no? Um, yeah, and Daryl, I think you should play it because before playing um, that one you have that they give away on PlayStation Plus, I had no interest in this whatsoever. And then I got the Platinum and I guess the remake of the original one uh, earlier this year. And now I'm like, I'm excited for Cosmic Shake too. Uh, not high enough to throw it on my list, but yeah, I'll probably pick it up at some point this year. Fair enough. Yeah. The thing that was exciting to me about it is it's only a $40 game, so it's not going to come out as, you know, 60 or 70 bucks, which makes it a little more palatable, I think. But um, yeah. Okay. Very good. Slugger, give us your second game. Should I go with games um, that you guys don't have? It is up to you because or... we will overlap. Yeah. On It looks like okay. a couple of these for sure. Okay. I'll go with one you guys don't have. Hogwarts, is it Hogwarts Legacy? I don't even know the name. Yeah, Hogwarts hey. Legacy. <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this. It when they first announced this, I thought there's no way they're gonna do a Harry Potter game good, but all the early previews and gameplay they've shown, it looks like the world's pretty big. Uh, I like that you can go into any house. I like that you can actually go to the classes and learn stuff. Like, that's my jam. And my, I mean, my wife loves the Harry Potter stuff, so. I think it's a good opportunity or it's going to be one of those games where she will sit there and watch me play and probably get her. Uh, I don't know. It'll turn into a almost like, obviously she can't play co-op, but almost a co-op experience mm -hmm. is how I'm envisioning it, which she's done that. She really likes uncharted and the last of us. Like she sat there and watched me play through all those games. It just, for me, it makes the gaming experience way better being able to have someone right there and like interact with them as you're going through it. So Hoping uh, Hogwarts will kind of be in that same vein. And yeah, I think it'll be a good experience for the new year. I think so as well. I think this game is going to sell really well. I think it's probably going to review in a mixed fashion, just for reasons that are not the game's fault at all. But I'll be right. curious to see how it does. I, I am I am like looking forward to this game being out because I, I know people love Harry Potter. I really like the books for Harry Potter and some of the movies as well. And so the world has a special place in my in my past. You know, I played some of the GameCube games like Prisoner of Azkaban and Chamber of Secrets, and I really liked them. And so if this is good, I'm not saying that I won't jump in, but I don't I don't know. It seems like it's going to require three playthroughs, which that and that's based on you having to I think or actually sorry, four playthroughs. Four, four for, playthroughs. One for each of the houses, and unless there's a way we don't know of to sort of switch and do something funky with cloud saving or something at the end of the game. I doubt that's the case, but anywho, that seems like the game is going to be quite lengthy, and I'm sure there's going to be a DLC map and you know content for this game coming out, so it's going to be a big time investment. That's really the thing that sort of steered me away from it. But it does look good. Daryl, what do you think of Hogwarts Legacy? Uh, it looks like a, uh, it's going to be a good game. I can't believe... I totally forgot about this game, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I like Harry Potter. I, I could definitely see myself picking this game up sometime this year. Very cool. 
And with that, why don't you take us into your second choice for game releases? Uh, second choice is going to be the remake of Resident Evil 4. Woo! I'm picking that up this year. Uh, Colin and I actually talked about this. So, Slugger, you play Resident Evil quite a bit, just like us. Mm-hmm. We were thinking we'd get this game and we would play it all at the same time and kind mm-hmm. of talk about it yeah. sometime this year. I think that's a shoe-in for uh, some good content right there. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm down. Yeah. It's not on my, it's not on my list, unfortunately, because uh, I was trying to... I was okay. trying to be a little different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. But yeah, I I'll probably if if that's the general consensus that play it as a group, make it a thing. I'm I'm all in. Well, I'll tell you what, I already asked for the day off work. <laughs> I requested <laughs> I requested the day off of work yesterday. So I am pumped and ready to go for a Thursday night slash Friday early morning play session for this game because the game does release on a Friday. It's important to note. It, which is great because some of the times I've taken days off for work recently, it's been like the Tuesday releases and I'm like, God damn it. Like I still have to go just back the next day. It feels weird. So I'm happy this is a Friday release. And uh, this is also on my list. I think it looks incredible. Looks, looks, looks so good. That's it's going to be cool for you. Cause you, you just did it. So yeah. Um, I yeah. don't know. Seeing everything change and get upgraded is probably going to be a neat experience for you. Yeah, I think so too. And I, what I'm really looking forward to, and probably Daryl is as well, well I'm assuming, is uh, some of the difficulty trophies because Resident Evil, as we all know, has really fun sort of like extra playthroughs that it requires. I think it's the franchise that does New Game Plus the best of any franchise I've played. And I, I have a suspicion that there is going to be not only a speedrun trophy, but a knife-only trophy in this game. And that is because we saw in the footage of the game so far that you can upgrade the knife at the merchant. Why would they let you do that? Well, <laughs> I think because you might have to use it for the whole game. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Daryl, take, take the day off work, dude. Let's go. Do you think this version <laughs> finally has a platinum trophy? <laughs> <laughs> if it does not, I am going to be livid. But yeah, I think, of course, that it will. I, um, I'll be curious to see where it ranks amongst other Resident Evil difficulties, but I feel like the newer RE games have been pretty decent. Like 7, 8, and 2 and 3 remake, the trophy lists were not horrible, but they weren't like so common. They weren't like Sony first party level, you know, but they were, they were achievable. So I'm thinking this mm-hmm. is going to be the same. But Daryl, I'll see you on, on Friday, okay? Better take that day. <laughs> we you don't. Know, when I was... We're not bottling that day. I already looked. <laughs> we're not. We're, we're oh. not bottling. Oh, yeah. You know what? I, I might have to. When I when I saw your invite come through, I was like, wait, taking it off on a Friday. <laughs> like, it's only one day. Is there a video game coming up that day? That's that's what went through my head when yep. I saw that. Yep. You know it, dude. You know it. All right, well, I also had RE4 Remake. I've kind of said everything I wanted to say about that, so that'll be my number two game. Let's pass it back to you, Slugger, for your third choice. All right. Uh, I'm going to just keep hitting the ones you guys don't have. Uh, Atomic Heart. Um, Oof. I feel bad listing this one because it is going to come to Game Pass, and I will probably play it there, but the way I was picturing this in my mind and I could get away with it was if I could only play, like, five or six games over the next year. Like these were the ones I definitely wanted to play. Right. Um, Atomic Heart looks friggin' fan- fantastic and weird. And I don't know what the hell the game's even about, but it looks, that's why I'm all the more intrigued. Cause it almost looks like Bioshock in a way. Um, totally does. 
Yeah. Because there's like magic powers and you got guns and you're fighting these uh, like mannequin robot looking things. And the gameplay looks really freaking cool. But in the setting looks awesome. But again, I have no idea what the game's about. I couldn't tell you what the story's about, but um, yeah, it looks cool. And I'm, I'm hyped to kind of see. I'm hyped to see it. It seems like it's going to be something different. Yeah. Uh, out of the norm from what we normally get so oh for sure february 21st release date for that you mentioned it is coming to game pass is that day and date of release or they just said at some point it's going to be on game pass i believe it's day and date i think it's launching on game pass oh wow okay so yeah i'll I'll likely play it over there depending on how the trophy list is so i was gonna say i may actually wait um and kind of because i have a series s so if it comes out that the uh, the performance is like shit on the series s which can happen i know some games like run at 30 there that run at 60 on that x mm-hmm. if it's a situation like that and it doesn't run as good uh on the series s then i'll probably uh just bite the bullet and buy it on ps5 which is why i also felt comfortable listing it um yep because it seems like a game where i i might buy it just to have all the power of the ps5 and play it as best version i agree i think as a quick side tangent, this year is going to be the year we start to see maybe some issues with having gone the Series S versus X version. I'm in the same boat, obviously, and that's the console I actually wanted. But we might start getting to that point where some of these new releases... I'm particularly particularly concerned about Starfield, but I didn't put that on this list, even though I wanted to. But uh, yeah, I don't... Poof, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see yeah. how that goes. Daryl, uh, Atomic Heart, have you heard of this game? Does this do anything for you? I have not. I have no idea what this game is. I'm actually going to Google this, see what this game is all about. I think it looks kind of right up your alley, honestly. Seems, yeah, seems but... very cool. Uh, okay. Well, I just see, like, the, the box cover. It looks pretty cool. Kind of reminds me of, like, Wolfenstein. Yeah, it's got some of that vibe going on to it. Uh, I would definitely take a look at some gameplay and see what you think. But an FPS or a first-person perspective shooting slash ability-powered game from a russian developer if i'm not mistaken as well so yeah should be interesting oh, gonna have a diff- different spin mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's totally not what i was expecting i was thinking like a kitty game like atomic heart like oh, oh yeah like kingdom heart but then i see like a zombie like mechanized i was like whoa <laughs> so different. yeah yeah but so the general like the like quick summary of what the game's about a global system failure happens at a soviet or at the soviet facility number 3826 that leads machinery to rebel against the people you are major p3 and your task is to eliminate the consequences of a large-scale accident and prevent the leakage of classified information threatening to destroy the whole world Hmm. All right, so it's a nice, chill, calm game. Is <laughs> 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 what you're telling me. <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I'm glad you put this on your list because it is one that I think is actually going to be sort of a sleeper hit for the year. I have a lot of faith that the game is going to be very good, but I had kind of forgotten about it, in all honesty. So, yeah, very cool. Daryl, what do you have for your number three game? Uh, number three... Uh, this is <laughs> our next few games are gonna overlap with each other, Colin. <laughs> you and I had three of five actually as the same games, we which did. is pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, so number three is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, you guys heard me talk about this when I played the uh 
you know, Fallen Order last year. I absolutely loved that game. That was such a fun game. It's amazing. Uh, it is. I just had so much fun with it, and I played it at a really good time because right after I played it, I was like, I was needing some more of it, you know? Needed more of it, and then I find out that the sequel is coming out like less than a year away. I was really happy, so I'm really excited to play this one. Uh, should be a fun game to play as well as the trophy hunting experience. Yeah, totally. I think the trophy list is going to be fun and really require you to use a lot of different force abilities. I really hope it's not going to be a multiple playthrough style, but you never know because the thing is, I think this game is going to be a lot longer than Fallen Order was. We saw in some of the trailers the ability to glide and to ride different animals, which to me implies that the maps are much bigger, so they're giving you different modes of traversal to get across the maps more quickly. And yeah, that that's exciting to me. Of course, anything Star Wars is exciting. The release date is the troublesome part here because it's going to be coming out one week before Resident Evil 4 Remake. And between the two of them, for me, Resident Evil is going to beat that out. Uh, in terms of video games, in terms of like overall IP and movies and TV, like Star Wars is probably still my favorite, but in terms of games, Resident Evil is going to take the take the priority there. So I don't actually know when I'm going to get to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Survivor, which maybe means I shouldn't purchase it day one, but I am really excited for this game. And yeah, uh, Slugger, are you looking forward to this one as well? I am. <clears throat> it didn't. It didn't make my cut on the list uh but yeah i'm i'm excited to play it i'm in the same boat i don't think i'll buy it uh right when it launches uh just because this i guess first quarter first half of this year is just going to be packed with games yeah it's nuts um and i liked the first jedi i don't know if i loved it enough to buy this one day one full price this may be one i kind of wait on a sale sale for but yeah Mm -hmm. it looks cool yeah definitely and uh, the first game on Open Critic, just to give some reference, is sitting at an 82% or 82 out of 100. And I think that's pretty fair. Like, the reason I think it's amazing is because I love Star Wars. But in all honesty, there were some issues with the games, including the maps and some of the fast travel options. And, you know, there was some clunkiness to it. And I think that given this opportunity to make a sequel, I'm hoping they'll have ironed out a lot of that stuff. And I'm really excited to see how it runs on PS5. So this one, I would say I'm going to predict like a nine nine and a half even from reviewers so let's go um i overlapped of course with with daryl there for my number three so slugger let's go back to you for your fourth pick all right uh this will be the last one that you guys don't have it'll be like a dragon ishin Ooh. so that yakuza spinoff game where it's back in like the samurai days mm-hmm. uh, which has been out in if i understand right it's been out in the asian regions for a couple of years now. Uh, I don't know if it was a PS3 or a PS4 game, uh, but they're finally localizing it, bringing it to the US with a PS5 version. I'm a friggin' Yakuza fanatic. If I had to pick like one series to play for the rest of my life, it'd probably be Yakuza. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm stoked about this game. Uh, a lot of people in the Yakuza subreddit seem to like really like it. And the, the way it works, it... I don't know if you guys know this. It's not tied to any of the games. It's almost like they took a new setting and a new story yeah, and used all of the same characters. So it's a lot of the characters from the modern times Yakuza games, but they're like going through the story back in like the samurai days. 
Yeah, it's so. a totally like standalone sort of thing, right? Like if if we're not familiar with some of the other mainline titles, we could play this. Right. Like anyone could jump into this and they wouldn't be missing anything. I'm sure there's plenty of Easter eggs of like, oh, I know that guy from Yakuza 3. Uh, but outside of that, like, yeah, mm -hmm. I imagine anyone could play this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot um, about this one as well. It looks fucking cool. I'm looking at some gameplay yeah, right now. I just, Yakuza games are great. There's, they're so friggin' unique. There's nothing like them. Like, mm -hmm. uh, they're just really cool games. I almost like the mini games more than the main game. But yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Yakuza. yeah, check out Yakuza. My bad. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I, no, your, you're your comment you're... made me think like, how are they going to handle that in the older setting? You know, what sort of mini game and social style experiences are you going to encounter? Cause that was a big part of Kiwami. At least that's the only one I've really beaten. And uh, yeah, it was just, I had just as much fun doing the main missions and, seeing the uh, sort of drama unfold as I did running around the streets and buying random ramen packets and going to the arcade. Right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'll be really curious to see how that goes. Very cool. Uh, Daryl, your fourth game. Uh, fourth game for me is none other than Spider-Man 2. I mean, it's oh. pretty obvious. I think, I think all three of us are probably wanting to play Spider-Man 2. It was yeah. on my list as well. Yeah. Spider-Man so, 2 is on my list. So we don't have a date for this specifically, right? We just know 2023, as far as I know? I think so. I think Fall's the, the quarter is supposed to come out in. Yep, Fall. Okay. Yeah. Now, just, now Skrillis would say it's going to be or... delayed, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Skrillis was doing the release date here, he'd probably say 2025. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> True. True. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Sony, I don't know if it's Sony or Insomniac, but one of them just tweeted literally just a couple days ago, like, hey, this game's still coming out 2023. Man, So I'm so hyped for this game. I, I love Spider-Man on PS4, and I loved miles morales on ps4 and ps5 as well i think it might be my favorite first party like franchise and it just feels so amazing and it's so fun and the trophy list uh we got a little glimpse into the first one from the warm-up round you know the trophy lists are always very doable which means it's going to be a common you know platinum but at the same time like you have so there's such a joy in doing it and in clearing the map that I'm really, really looking forward to. Some new villains getting involved and see what some new suit powers are. You know, I'm excited. This will be my first one I've played on a PS5. I didn't play the other two on a PS5. So that's going to be great. The one worry that I have is sort of this, this feeling that there's going to be some sort of co-op element involved. And I think yeah. that that's great, but I hope that there's not trophies of like do every main mission in co-op or something like that. You know, that's the, that's the thing that, would I, that I think I would find a little bit annoying. But... That's just me. Um, yeah, what else do you guys have to say about Spider-Man? I just want to see who, like, the like the characters they bring into it. I've always been, like, fascinated with, like, the villains they bring because, you know, Spider-Man has such a huge rogues gallery. So it's like, who are they going to bring? We already know Venom's going to be there. I think Craven was also mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, I just hope they keep a stack like they did with the first game. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, even some of the side stuff in the first game of like getting to fight Tombstone and all that, you know, I hope they have little one-off stories that pull in some maybe of the uh, B B tier like villains from the comics. That'd be really great. But yeah, that's going to be a day one for me too. That might even be another game I take a day off work for. Who the fuck knows? Because <laughs> it's not going to come out till way later in the year. So at that point, you know, I'll have a bunch more PTO. So we'll, we'll Did see. Did you see... Did you... 
Wait, 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 wait. Wait, what are you Did thinking, you Daryl? <laughs> yeah, sorry. You're not, you're, not, you're not liking that, huh? Uh, if I start putting PTO the same day you take it off, yeah. they're, they're going to start raising suspicion, man. Like, what the hell is going on? Hey, listen, there's no reason that two people can't take PTO on the same day. They don't need to know why, you know? <laughs> like I'm not putting on my PTO invite uh day off for Resident Evil 4. <laughs> I'm just putting PTO. So, you know. Yeah. That's that's a good one. Uh what were you saying though slugger? Sorry. So, I don't know if you saw this when Spider-Man came to PC, of course, uh like PC people do, they just like dug into the files and data mine the game. Mm. And there was a lot of files like referencing multiplayer stuff in the first Spider-Man. So people are, were like, did they have something co-op at some point and they ditched it? Or is this kind of like leftovers from testing for like Spider-Man 2 multiplayer? Uh, but I pulled it up right now on PlayStationLifestyle.net. There's an article about it. And they have like files for like Red Team, Blue Team, Player 1, Player 2, Multiplayer mm. Spider-Man Miles Morales character model, Multiplayer Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, so, God. Uh, lots of multiplayer related files in there on the PC release that oh, people found. No, dude, the whole red team, blue team, blue team thing—that's really bad news because that that implies <laughs> like a some sort of like versus multiplayer mode as well. Yes. Spider-Man Battle Pass. Yeah, oh, I. No. You, I'm now. I'm thinking: <laughs> Are they going to try to do something like Sucker Punch did with Legends and Ghost of Tsushima, and have sort of this like extra like modes and things? Attack! Oh God. All right, but in terms of the base game, <laughs> it's going to be, I'm pretty damn excited. So good choice. Good choice. Now, Slugger, was this your game number five? Uh, I didn't put them in any particular order. Okay. Um, but it, was you... just, it was on the list. Okay, gotcha. So that was, that was also on my list. So um, let's pass it back to you then for your final title, unless that was the final one you had. Uh, were we doing six or five? We did five. I just, I had an honorable <laughs> mention on there in case we overlapped too much. Okay. But I'm not going to say it because it's okay. I'll let you go with your fourth then. Okay. So yeah, my, my that, last that unique one. That matches with me. Gotcha. All right. So my last unique one then is, uh, or not not overlapping with Daryl at least, is Final Fantasy 16, which releases on June 22nd of this year. Now, I don't exactly know too much about this game. Uh, I've been trying to stay sort of away from it beyond the first couple trailers that came out. But I, for some reason, am always drawn to Final Fantasy, even though... If my recent purchase record was any indication, I should not get this game at launch, right? Like, I got FF7 Remake as a gift. I got, you know, 15, 20% of the way through the game. Haven't played it since. I bought Final Fantasy 15 on release. Played about five hours. Never gone back to it. So, <laughs> things are telling me that I should not do this. But, for whatever reason, Final Fantasy just always piques my interest. And so, I think for me, in all honesty, it's going to be very, very contingent on the trophy list when it leaks what this game looks like in terms of the grind how difficult it is it, it could sort of sway me one way or the other at the last minute but as of right now that is going to be something i'm really looking forward to i mean because diablo 4 also comes out in june so i don't know it, this year is crazy but I'll, I'll say final fantasy 16 sounds like you had the same slugger uh why are you yep. excited for this game uh the main character's name is joshua so well, there you go it's my first lead role in a video game. <laughs> but uh, the it looks like they're doing they're kind of mixing it up with the the summons stuff. Like they're really going all in on the summons, which those are in every Final Fantasy, but it almost looks like it's going to be like 
like the Power Rangers, where you freaking summon these things and then it's two giant like beans fighting versus you actually like fighting on the ground. Or, you know, that you're still fighting on the ground, but they have these massive summon fights they've been showing off, which just look like amazing with all the particle effects and oh, stuff yeah. like that. And uh, I think we talked about this on a previous episode, but there it looked like there was going to be a lot of adult themes. So I'm hoping maybe this will kind of lean into like the Game of Thrones vibes with a lot of different houses, like in a warfare setting, like competing against each other and backstabbing and trickery and a lot of things going on. It looks like it it could be, uh, I don't know, a, a, a Final Fantasy story that I can actually like get into. Yeah, yeah, very, I very much so agree with that. And we we do have confirmation from the ESRB as of December 17th that the game will be rated M in the US, which is different for Final Fantasy, right? So for sure, this game is going to be a little bit more adult than some of the other titles have been. Daryl, does this game interest you at all, Final Fantasy? Typically not, if I recall, but anything from this one? Uh, Not really. Never really been been a big fan of final fantasy just never really played one game from beginning to end to really like you know have a a fascination for the game gotcha yeah that's all good i i am very curious to see this game and um go a little bit more hands-on with it it's also making me think i should really just need to fucking reinstall final fantasy 15 because i I think that platinum is not even that difficult i mean there's a lot of dlc but it's just a you know another hundred hour game (laughs) <laughs> so it's a lot of stuff but uh yeah very cool so i think that means daryl that you have the last unique game for your fifth pick so what's what's the last game you have for us last game for me i was actually surprised when i saw it i don't know if this is confirmed or not but wolf among us 2 was on the list that i saw on game informer Ooh, i played uh wolf among us back on the xbox I like that game so much. I liked it more than I thought I would. It, yeah, it was it was like a weird game, and I was like, eh, it's just an easy kind of click and point kind of game, you know, similar to the Telltale games. But I really enjoyed it. You know, I like seeing these characters put into like a different environment. Yeah, uh, they definitely embrace the dark side of like these um, these fantasy stories that you grow up. You know, the ones that Disney kind of just puts mm-hmm. on display for kids they mm-hmm. definitely embrace the darker elements on where these stories originate from <laughs> so that was really cool and yeah i, I really enjoy that it, there's been talks of like the sequel for a long time now so it's really nice to see that up there uh so yeah i'm really excited for wolf among us too yeah really really good choice i am a huge fan of telltale games and this is telltale in conjunction with a new publisher, I believe, that's doing this. But if it comes out this year, it's it's saying 2023. So, you know, I, I hope it does because there's this, and I think a couple of the ex-Telltale team are working on a Star Trek kind of game like this. So there's a few of these, you know, more point-and-click style adventure games coming out this year that I am pretty excited about. So, yeah, I agree with you. Wolf Among Us 2 looks great. Slugger, does this do anything for you? I'm really excited for... Hopefully, the uh, like resurgence of Telltale style games. I know they haven't really went away. There's, you know, life Life is Strange is up there, and there's a few other games similar to that. But it's like comfort good comfort food gaming for me. Like just something casual I can throw on on the weekend and 
like I was saying before with Hogwarts, like chill with the wife and we kind of play together and make choices together. I like that type of stuff. And Wolf Among Us was, I thought, very good. This is one of Telltale's best. So I'm excited yeah. to see what they do for the sequel. Hopefully it's good. I know Telltale went through a lot of shakeups <laughs> and troubles and I don't. Yeah. Yeah. There was some doubt as to if they would ever come back at one point. <clears> so <throat> I'm glad they did. And of course, the first uh, Wolf Among Us, one of the few Telltale games during that run that did not have a sort of freebie platinum trophy. You actually did have to get all of the entries in the lore book for that platinum, which means you had to do different choices and actually potentially a couple playthroughs. So that was unusual for them. I think the only other game that did that in that kind of five-year window was the final season of The Walking Dead. So very cool. We'll see what happens there. And that's going to do it for that question. Maximum, we hope that you enjoyed that pretty lengthy discussion on the games we're looking forward to. And thank you for writing in and supporting the show. Much appreciated, sir. All right, another new section. Guys, we're switching it up. We've got lots of new shit in 2023, keeping it fresh and exciting. And that's a, a PlayStation Plus roundup, which is an idea that you had, Slugger. So why don't you take us into this, our first ever roundup? Okay, so my... My whole thought process, uh, how this section is coming about, I'll kind of start with that really quickly. Um, you know, the show goes live every two weeks, and Sony now, we with this revamped PlayStation Plus uh, subscription, we almost have our own version of Game Pass. So I thought it would be cool to where, like, the first week of the month, we cover PlayStation Plus Essential Games, um, which is the base tier. And then the second episode of the month, we cover the extra and premium tiers and we don't have to go too in depth unless it's anything crazy or big but my thought process was i give you guys a very quick rundown on trophy list so trophy difficulty roughly how many playthroughs how common is the platinum mm -hmm. and then anything important to look out for um which you'll kind of see when i talk axiom verge <laughs> um so i will dive right into it Okay. Right let's now, do it. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a bit beefier than normal because I figured I'll just cover all of January together. Next episode, we'll probably just focus on the PS Plus Essential and go from there. I imagine it would be announced by that time. So okay, very good. All right. So PS Plus Essential, everyone probably knows January games are Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That game is a three out of ten difficulty. It takes about thirty hours, uh, one playthrough, no missables. And I went with the PS4 version, PSN Profiles Rarity, which was a 23.32%. The only reason I don't give the PS5 version there is because there's an auto pop. So that uh, could percentage be is kind of skewed. Yeah. Good call. And that game has an 82 on Open Critic. The second game of the month is Fallout 76, which is a 4 out of 10, 100 hours. So one of those long ones. Uh, one playthrough. And that has a 5.94%. Uh, no missables in that guy. There is DLC trophies uh, for Wastelander, Steel Rain, and The Pit, which I believe one of those is like a raid. One of them, and then the other two were tied to them introducing like NPCs into the world. Um, <laughs> How hilarious is that? <laughs> it, yeah. it launched with no NPCs. <laughs> yeah, so I actually played that game at launch, and the world was completely desolate and empty you had enemies and then like you picked up your quest from like robots oh my god um, that's hilarious so that was one of the biggest like critiques i saw in that game the open critic score for that is low 
but I looked at a lot of the reviews. Uh, so it's 53% on Open Critic. And I kind of skimmed them, and a lot of them were from that launch period. So I went, I dug a little bit deeper onto Steam because that's a live service game. So it's changed a lot. And across 41,000 reviews, it has a mostly positive uh, like review score on Steam. Mm-hmm. So the people that are playing it now do seem, I assume, to, they seem to think it's gotten better. Okay. I know I've gone back since they've introduced NPCs and it, I think it's way better. I just haven't put the time into it because it's such a long game. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, okay. Let's see. Axiom Verge 2 is our third game for Essential. Uh, 3 out of 10 difficulty. It takes about 15 and 20 hours. Two playthroughs, potentially three, depending on how you work it, because how those playthroughs work, there's a 100% collect everything run, uh, a speed run, and a no deaths run. And you can combine the speed run and the no deaths run, but if that gets you know, too challenging or you die, then you can split it into three playthroughs. Um, there is missable trophies in that game. Uh, you will get most of them during your speed run because I think a lot of those time missables are tied to like not meeting the speed trophies or the no death trophies, stuff like that. Okay, gotcha. That one has a 78% on open critic, so not too shabby. Um, I'm not going to read this whole thing, um, but I would advise if you play the PS5 version. Go to PSN Profiles. Um, there's a nasty glitch right now where if trophies pop at the same time, so if you did the speed run and the no death run at the same time and you roll credits, those two trophies would pop at the same time normally on a normal game. Right now there's a glitch where only one trophy is popping if multiple trophies are unlocking at the same time. Ugh. Um, the developer knows about it, but I guess a contractor or like a third party like group did the ps5 version so and he was saying in the forums that like they've been hard to work with so he doesn't know if the a fix is going to come so i would highly highly advise if you play this game play the ps4 version yeah um, there's no glitches over there so and i doubt a game have... that's going to be greatly enhanced by being played on the ps5 no i mean no offense right. but it's it's not that style of game so yeah i mean it's indie pixel art yep. uh I know Colin Moriarty raves about these games. Uh, I'm interested in checking it out. It's a Metroidvania-style game. But I kind of want to play the first one uh, before I do the second, so i got to look for the first one and go on sale. Yeah, it always uh, looked cool stylistically to me, and I've looked at it multiple times. The trophy list is, it just is a really big turnoff for me on the first game and on the second one, which I know the difficulty here doesn't look that crazy, but the 100% thing on a Metroidvania game is so annoying. Like... <laughs> Having to find every single room, kill every single thing, glitch every... Like, there's a certain thing you have to do where you have to glitch every single possible thing in the game. You have, like, a glitch gun that you shoot. And, um, (laughs) yeah, it just seems like a lot to really have to worry about. So that's, like... Those are types of games where it's, like, now that I have a Series S, I'd probably check it out over there. So, yeah, that's... I mean, for Axiom Verge 2, it doesn't really do anything for me. Fallout 76 is intriguing, in like definitely intriguing it's just that we've started eso so i can't really right. don't really want to do both of those and in all honesty between the two elder scrolls has always been my preferred setting for bethesda games uh since i played morrowind back on the original xbox so interesting yeah i'm a bigger fan of the elder scrolls universe than fallout but um uh, yeah i'm what the are... opposite i i like fallout okay the no. fallout universe better than elder scrolls i like both but i 
Fallout's so unique. Yeah. It's just such a cool world. Yeah, I, I need to give Fallout 4 another shake at some point because I don't think I gave it a fair chance. I probably played like 15 hours of it, and I was like, what is all this base building, crafting shit? I don't want to make a settlement. This is stupid. And I really enjoyed Fallout 3, though, back on the 360 when I played it. So we'll see. I'll, I'll maybe check it out. But um, yeah, and then Fallen Order, already played. But that's kind of my take. Daryl, anything jump out at you from the PS Plus offerings? Uh, Nothing really. Just um, Axiom Verge 2. I always like to see what kind of games are being offered. Because, um, yeah, some of these um, these games I don't really know about. I, I kind of find out about them through the uh, the free games that are released every, every month. So Axiom 2 Verge, I have not heard. So I'm a little bit more interested on what this game's all about. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I would say very strong offering to start the year, I think, for yeah. Essential. These three, this combo of games... Pretty good. I'd I'd be very happy with that. All right, on to PlayStation Plus Extra. So and Premium. All these games will come out. I just had to look it up. January seventeenth. So if you listen to this episode early, they may not quite be out yet. But if you listen to this later in the week, uh, they'll be ready to download. There you go. Uh, I have a little bit less info on these, just with the nature of me covering all these games for January and the amount of games they put on Extra. This is going to be a little bit quicker of a skim, but still a very strong offering. Yeah. So starting off, this these are all PS Plus extra games. We got Back for Blood, uh, 9 out of 10 difficulty, 100 plus hours uh, to Platinum. That <laughs> game is all online. I think you might be able to earn some of those trophies solo and you run with bots, but if you're getting into like the harder gameplay, you're going to want real people. Yeah. Wow. And 9 um, out of 10 anyway as well. So it's a tough game. Yeah. Dragon Ball Fighter Z is up next with a 5 out of 10 difficulty. It takes about 70 hours to platinum. Three playthroughs, and there's 14 online trophies there. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. I believe this has the PS4 and PS5 version. 8 out of 10 difficulty, 70 hours, 6 playthroughs. So the thing with... I know specifically with this game, I was looking at the difficulty for my difficulty challenge. Right. And it ranges anywhere from eight, eight out of ten to ten out of ten, depending on the god. So that's going to be a tough one if you go for that game. Um, god, yeah, you won't catch me dead playing one of those games. <laughs> At least on yeah. PlayStation, there's no way. So lots of hard games and long games to kind of start it off there, but then they threw some softballs at us. Uh, we got Life is Strange Before the Storm and Life is Strange to complement it. There, one's listed as 2 out of 10. The other one's listed as 1 out of 10. I would say they're about the same, uh, so they're easy. Before the Storm takes about 8 hours. Uh, the original Life is Strange takes about 10 hours, which makes sense. Uh, Before the Storm, I think originally was a little... I think it was a DLC pack, and then they uh, released it as its own standalone thing. Yeah. And then Jet the Far Shore... I'm personally kind of interested in this because this was advertised a lot when the PS5 first launched. I think it was one of those like launch indies. Yeah. Um, that's a two out of 10 difficulty, eight hours. I've heard it's kind of almost like an indie version of No Man's Sky. So huh. I may check that out personally. Next up is Just Cause 4 Reloaded, which I I don't understand the Reloaded part of it. <laughs> I, was, I really like I researched this and I couldn't find the difference but it looks like it comes with all the DLC. I just don't want to say that and be wrong. So maybe uh, dig into this and see what the reloaded version comes with. Because it 
makes it sound like they're releasing it as a like a new game almost like a game of the year edition type of thing sure but i couldn't find anything in the like in the playstation store that said just cause 4 reloaded everything said just cause 4 so this may be a new release or like a new type of release i don't know how to word that but it's still the same game um three out of ten 40 hours two online trophies there is one buggy trophy uh i actually didn't get the details on that one because uh there's a lot of games here to go through but check out the (laughs) psm profiles guide before you go for this check that buggy trophy out make sure you're not getting yourself into like a mafia 3 situation we have to replay the game multiple times oh jeez. let's see omno which is a little indie looking game um is a two out of ten difficulty four hours i know i'm pretty sure one of our community members just got the platinum on that yeah i'm gonna look this game up right now i'm not familiar with it actually you know what no i saw someone on the reddit trophy subreddit post about this game and they said they enjoyed it okay it looks like you play as like a little i don't know if it's an elf yeah i don't know what the person. hell that thing is you look a little goofball <laughs> it looks so like a single player Ooh. adventure game full of puzzles secrets and obstacles to overcome oh this looks right at my alley honestly now that I'm looking at it, 9 out of 10 on Steam, 76% on Metacritic, just because I have it pulled up. Ooh. And it is so. currently on sale if you don't have extra, right? If you just have the basic level, which which I do, actually. I don't have extra anymore either. Uh, it is on sale for 664 right now, down from 1899 And that is only until the 18th of the month. So if you're hearing this early on and this interests you, I would jump on that pretty quick. Yep. And then... This one's kind of weird because we got this in PlayStation, what used to be just normal PlayStation Plus, but they're adding Erica to the essential tier. I've heard nothing but miserable things about this game from yeah. the community. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a three out of 10, nine hours, six playthroughs, and 18 missables, which I think is every trophy is missable. But this is one of those, uh, what do they call it, where it's like actual people and not. A game i can't oh it's like a live a action yeah it's a live action game where you're making the choices um similar to like telltale style but i guess it's really easy to mess up and if you mess it up there's no way to like reverse it or like close the game and like reopen it like i guess you mess up for good and you have to like essentially start over i know jb trophy hunter like he said the first playthrough is cool everything else after that was just miserable so i don't know if i can recommend this one I've never played it personally. I don't think I'm going to just off the recommendations of some of our community members. Um, yeah. So that's the extra tier. Any thoughts or things to point out there for you guys? Oh, man. I think I might bite the bullet and play Erica. Are you joking <laughs> oh, me right now? <laughs> Nine playthroughs, six playthroughs? After you spent 60 hours with uh, fucking the quarry last year, you're going to jump into another one of these. <laughs> I don't know. It's just something about it that just has me mesmerized. I I felt like I got to take one for the team. It's a rite of passage to play it. (laughs) (laughs) You have to suffer through it. You have to do that. And my name is Mayo as a trophy hunter. Oh, man. (laughs) No, I mean, (laughs) in all honesty, what really sticks out to me is the Life Life is Strange combo before the Storm and the original one. Those are both really, really good games if you've not played them, and they're very easy to platinum. And along those same lines, like Omno and Jet the Far Shore, 
like actually look really cool. I was just looking at the Omno Trophy Guide a little bit while you were uh, doing the end of that there, and yeah, I don't know. Th that's actually a pretty intriguing game to me. I'm opening my mind more to these littler experiences because of Toem last year and how much I enjoyed uh, that yeah. game. And I think it just kind of showed me like, ooh, like, you know, as long as it's not like a very free Platinum where I'm just tapping X, like these littler ones are okay and actually really nice sometimes because you can do it in a day or something, right? And I, I think yeah. there's something really appealing about that. So... Yeah, if I'm trying to hit 100 plats this year, I'm going to maybe do a couple of these little short games as we go throughout the year. But we'll see. What about, for, what about for you, though? Yeah, those style of games are, like, perfect for, like, little weekend weekend uh, playthroughs or, I guess, in between bigger games. We're talking about these 100-hour games that we would like to do at some point. Like, it's nice to throw a couple of those in between those big ones. It's like some days, like I've been, I'll get to it when we come up here on what we've been playing, but you know, sometimes when you're playing a really long game, I just like to even take a couple days off and not play it. Right. And it's nice to switch to something that's like totally different and just kind of refresh. Uh, yeah. So I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I guess the one, I would say Jet, I'm interested in um, Omno, DMC5. Even though I don't know if I'll be able to platinum that, but Oof. that's one of those ones where it's like there's four games before that. I don't know if I need to play those to understand the story, or I assume story is not really a big thing in the Devil May Cry world, and people play it for the gameplay. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about that community and what's right and wrong. So I would have to do some research more if I should like do one through four before ever going into five. Back for Back for Blood is kind of interesting to me because we played that uh like beta and i thought it was a lot of fun but i do remember it being very hard and kicking her ass and we were just playing on like normal mode mm. so i don't yeah. see myself getting the platinum that may be one i like check out on xbox because i do know that's on game pass um, yeah but i think good offerings though again like yeah, these are these definitely. are pretty strong strong picks I do want to say it just because I have it pulled up because I said just cause just cause four had a buggy trophy. So the trophy itself isn't buggy. The trophy is, is you have to do these specific missions. And what the guide says is the reason this trophy is marked as buggy is not because of the trophy itself, but the missions can be problematic. The friendly AI is really dumb and will often not follow the objectives properly. For example, a lot of missions require the trainees to destroy targets while you pilot a helicopter, but they'll only fire occasionally and completely at random. Therefore, these missions can get kind of obnoxious. So not so much as the trophy is bugged, but the missions can be a little obnoxious. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Yeah. But I, I do think otherwise, though, like you said, really good, really good selection here. I think yep. they're coming out of the the gate strong. I want I'm you know I'm curious to see if they continue it. I I feel like it is a strategy to start off the year with really great offerings. I wonder how many people are gifted, you know, PS Plus subscriptions or things like that around the holidays even, or right. you know I don't know. But we'll see if it carries on as the year continues. Cool. Anything anything to add, Daryl? Before I move on, uh, I, I I would like to check out Omno. Looking at the trophy list, it does look pretty chill. Right? I, <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I think I have my eyes set on Erica. Oh, you sick bastard. I can't tell if you're fucking... I really me. hope you're trolling right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to post the trophy in the trophy room to prove that I'm actually being serious. 
Dear God. <laughs> Godspeed. Yeah. Have fun with that, man. You got this. <laughs> I mean, it might be a cool one to play with a wife. It's essentially an interactive movie. But I know if I told my wife, like, hey, babe, let's watch the same movie six times in a row with very minor differences, she'd probably want to kill me. So, yeah, <laughs> I think like for these story based games, like two, three playthroughs at most. Right. Like I can't be doing this. I can't be doing this six playthroughs. I just I can't. I just can't. It's too much. I agree. All right. Moving on. PlayStation Plus Premium. Uh, I actually have no information on this stuff because Sony doesn't communicate this stuff whatsoever. Yep. Um, but we have some backwards compatible games that are getting ported over, so I can make a good guess. Um, we'll see if I'm right or not, but we got Siphon Filter 3. If I had to guess, that'll have trophies because the first two had trophies. Yeah. And then we have Star Wars Demolition, which I don't even have a clue what that is, Colin. Maybe you do. <sighs> I actually do not. I'm looking it up right now. And while you're looking that up, the last one is Hot Shots Golf 2. Huh. Which, again, if I had to make a good educated guess, I'm going to say that one will have trophies because the first one released on PlayStation Plus Premium uh, when they launched the service, and that had trophies with it. So Interesting. Okay, so this... Slowly, what the I feel fuck? like we're slowly <laughs> getting better PlayStation Plus Premium games, but I feel like the drip feed is still like too slow and they're picking weird games like there's such a good crazy catalog that they're not even touching we're getting sequels to the same games and right i, I was gonna say i think that's the annoying thing is like you've already got siphon filter one and siphon filter two and hotshot hotshots golf so getting the sequels is nice but it's like come on guys i'd like to see a little bit more variety here in what these offerings are that right. being said the star wars demolition game i've never heard of this before Here's the synopsis. It's a Star Wars Demolition is a vehicular combat game set in the Star Wars universe created by both Luxo Flux and LucasArts using the Vigilante 8 game engine. Basically, the uh, game premise, the Galactic Empire has declared they have banned Jabba the Hutt's pod races, so Jabba creates a more life-threatening vehicular combat contest to replace the sport of pod racing. Came mm -hmm. out on the PlayStation and the Dreamcast on November 12, 2000. I have no fucking clue. Wow, but it is single player slash multiplayer, so I'm wondering if you can play against bots. I don't know. That actually, in a weird way, sounds like I'd be fun for like an hour or two. But uh, yeah, that's very weird. <laughs> it's... Are you, are you gonna check it out or no? Oh, well, I don't. I don't Star have Wars premium. Guy. I don't have premium anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. If it had a platinum, would you buy it as a standalone to? Yeah. Star Wars platinum under your belt. I think if it was like ten bucks, I would maybe do it. I, I've toyed around with picking up <laughs> Pod Racer, Star Wars Pod Racer, for that very same reason. Just to have another Star Wars Platinum, but yeah, it looks cool. If you have premium, check it out. Someone who has it, you know, let me know uh, what you think. If it has trophies, I'm really curious to see what those look like. But IGN gave it a 7.6 when it launched. Yeah, it's not bad. I think it, I think it should maybe okay. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, otherwise, the other two games, I don't really know anything about the Siphon Filter franchise. Other than that, it is created by Sony Bend. So, of course, the guys who did... Days Gone, one of their older franchises here with Siphon Filter. And yeah, I know Siphon Filter, the universe was technically the same. Like they, it was linking up with Days Gone in canon, but yeah, they, we're, we're never going to know. Together. Yeah, yeah, pretty wild. Siphon Filter 3 catches my eye because I played one and two back in the days. So I really like that series. And Star Wars Demolition looks pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. 
It's like a like a twisted metal take on the Star Wars franchise, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I could have seen that game being really fun, like couch co-op with some buddies back in the day. Yeah. I just wonder how it's going to play single player, <laughs> you know, in the year 2023. <laughs> Interesting nonetheless, though. But yeah, thank you, Slugger, for the detailed breakdown. Hopefully the listeners enjoy that. I think that's very helpful because I know yeah. personally one of the things that I do when these things get announced is sort of do this legwork on my own, maybe not to the same level that you've done here, which was, which was very nice and detailed. So, hey, guys, we saved you some time, okay? Slugger <laughs> is saving you having to do this research yourself. Just wait for Trophy Talk, and you'll get to hear all about it, okay? Tell your friends. <laughs> uh, very good, very good. Okay, and with that, guys, we are into the final segment of the show, but it's been a while since we've talked about what we've been playing because our last episode was a little bit of a special sort of year in review recap. And before that, we had done some trophy list reviews. So it's been a long time since the folks have gotten to hear what we have been up to. So Daryl, I'm going to start with you first, if you don't mind, to talk to us about what you've been playing recently. I do not mind. So I've been playing quite a bit, man. I'm I've still been stuck in 2022 trying to clean up some games that started back last year, but I've been playing quite a bit. Haven't really progressed in much, but I, I've been playing some games that you guys are f- familiar with. Uh, Colin, I kind of talked about it with you the other day. Slugger, we've also played. So I've been playing a a Playtale Innocence very briefly. Mm-hmm. I just played it for like. Like one Sunday evening, I just decided to play it. I got through the first level, which I really enjoyed. Uh, I told you, Colin, I really enjoyed that part at the end where you're just like running to the river and yeah. you saw this chaos happening around you. I really liked that part a lot. Kind of sets you up for what the game's really, you know, the whole setting in that game. Yeah, it's fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah, I played a little bit of that. Haven't really played it since. Um, I've also played Doom Eternal with Slugger. Oh my and gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun. We, we were boosting the multiplayer trophies and we're boosting it. Uh, myself, Slugger, and PB Gent, also in the Discord, I believe. It was fun. Ain't, ain't nothing like, you know, blasting your trophy hunters into smithereens. I had a good laugh <laughs> a few times. Just such giblets in those games when you kill someone. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> all <laughs> they, the giblets. They just fucking explode. Oh. It's just, it was funny, man. We're like, oh, wait, I got to heal up. And then out of nowhere, a missile just blasts the guy out of nowhere. It's just like, oh, shit, that wasn't the plan. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> awful at boosting. <laughs> I felt like I was trying to, like, wrangle him in. It was like wrangling toddlers. I'm like, come on, guys, like, let's work on the heels. And Daryl and Max are just blowing each other up, having a great time. <laughs> now, so fun. is that multiplayer asymmetrical? Right? Is it one where like one person is a demon and then the rest of you guys are are like teamed up against him? That's what I seem to recall about the game. Is that true? It's the other way around. One person's the Doom Slayer, the rest are the demons. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. I just ah, man, like the Doom 2016, the base multiplayer for that game was really fun. And it felt sort of like the closest thing to Halo that you could get on the PlayStation in terms of, like, the kill time and the way throwing grenades felt and, like, the sniping and stuff. And I was like, this is sick. And then just to see them go kind of more all-in on these weird offshoot game modes that are asymmetrical, really, I think that's the thing that's keeping me from it. Like, if it was just like, hey, it's Team Deathmatch and King of the Hill and shit, like, I'd be all over that. But uh, you guys think it's pretty fun, though? You had a good time? 
It's fun. The format's a little weird, kind of like how you described it. I, I felt um, at times it's kind of unfair. Mm. <laughs> Just one person being Doomslayer. I, I I would prefer like in that game alone. I I prefer it. If everyone's just killing each other, you know, I right. feel like that's what that game mode deserves. But or it needs a like a weird. horde mode, even like you just co-op against like waves of enemies, you know. But yeah, but you know, nonetheless, mm -hmm. we had a good time. the The boosting is uh, the one that's probably gonna be a pain in the ass. We only did one night, but I think to get everything, it would probably be like a consistent week of just boosting. I think. Yeah. Whew. Well, that sounds cool, though. That game is on sale, I believe, right now with the holiday sale. It's on sale a lot, but if, if you're listening to this and intrigued, you know, go and check that out. I think it's on sale for... Let me just double-check my myself, because I'm an idiot. Hold on. Uh, no, never mind, it's not. Don't listen to me. It's $40 for the base version. <laughs> never mind. Yeah, I've been playing that, and um, also played Yakuza Kiwami. I played it just a little bit, maybe like a couple nice. hours. Uh, it's a fun game. It's a fun game. I gotta get back into it because when um, the second time I played it, I played it maybe like a month after, and I completely forgot the controls. So I was just like button mashing and like forgot how to block, how to pick up things. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's a game I can get into. So I'm definitely excited to go back to it whenever that happens. And you know, I played the big one. The big one finally. I yeah. played God of War Ragnarok. Okay. Um, so, you know, I mentioned at the very beginning, I played a teeny bit of it. And the reason why is, oh, you've been to my house. Mm -hmm. you, you know, I had that big screen TV just sitting in the box in the kitchen for like four months. And I told you the reason why is because I didn't have an entertainment set. I did not have one to put that under the TV. And finally got one. I finally got one before the holidays. But came in the wrong color. <laughs> you believe it? It came in the wrong color. God damn it. God damn it. Wrong color. But we still used it because we we're hosting at our house. So it just looked very awkward if the TV was up there and nothing underneath it. So during the time we did have the entertainment set, I did play God of War. And I got to tell you, it looks fabulous mm -hmm. on 4K. It oh, my gosh. so good. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it it's pretty incredible. Really good, especially on a big TV yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. So I really enjoyed it. Just the the first boss fight, I really enjoyed. It looks sick. Just seeing like so much like chaos going down. I feel like Kratos in that first boss fight, he definitely is going up against someone he probably can't beat. That that's the impression I got. Mm, interesting. Um, but yeah, it was great. And then like. I fell off because we had to send our entertainment set back. So right now the TV's just on the wall, but there's no entertainment set. So I can't really place my PS5 anywhere. And I, I didn't want to go like, I didn't want to make something like put on like a stack of books or a chair. You know, I want to put my PS5 on something proper. So <laughs> sadly enough, I had to take it back up to the work area, you know, where I'm recording from. I had to put my PS5 back upstairs. So I'm not going back to Ragnarok until I get the right entertainment set. So now it's going to be on hold. Hey, that's all right. That's all right. You got a glimpse of the greatness, so you know what to look forward to. I'm really excited to go back to it. You know, hopefully it won't take too long because I feel like if it gets further... 
within like a few months, I feel like I have to replay everything over again. Yeah, I'd say so. That's that's how I work at least too. I forget the controls and shit. Yeah. So those games I mentioned, you know, I played them, but I haven't really dived into them because I'm still playing games that started back in October in our Spooktober episode. <laughs> so I finally got the platinum for Resident Evil Zero. Very nice. happy to say that it was fun. Um, <laughs> the part that really, really turned me off from you know even trying to play it was the the Leech Hunter stuff. You know. Um, I really was intimidated by it just because, you know, there's different, there's like, I don't know, just the the whole thing about it intimidated me. Yeah. Like, I knew that the benefit of playing it was that you get infinite weapon or infinite ammo on your weapons. But I was like, even then, I really didn't want to play that. You know, most Resident Evil games, all you really have to do is just play the same game over again. But I didn't really want to play a bonus mode. That's what kind of, you know, turned me off from playing it. Sure. But, you know, finally put on my big boy pants and just decided, you know what? End of the year, I got a week. Why not just go back and Platinum RE0? And I'm happy I did because uh, Leech Hunter mode wasn't actually... It wasn't that bad. I actually enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, You know, just the different caveats to playing it. Like, you know, kill all the enemies, picking up, like, all 100 leeches. Then, you know, the next playthrough is picking up, like, one color of the leech. Yeah, I, I had fun with it. And then, you know, that alone just helped make the other playthroughs so much easier. Um, I was really able to beat the game, like, in a couple of hours. So that kind of made me, or it at least reminded me, of, like, how fun these games are. There's always just, like, that point where it's like, oh, I don't really want to play these games. But, you know, once you get the infinite ammo, it just makes the game so much fun. Yep. And more enjoyable. And, yeah, it was fun. I actually played... Um, it only took me 35 hours to platinum, which I was surprised because I thought it was a lot longer. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, it's got that that typical Resident Evil arc where the first playthrough is let's say, let's call it anywhere between eight and ten hours, and then the second playthrough is like four hours, and then you start getting into this mode where you can beat it in like two hours, <laughs> you know, and uh, you start doing all your challenge runs and stuff like that. It's, it's very exciting. I, I think you'll be happy to know. I mean, RE Zero is considered one of the two hardest platinums in the resident evil franchise it's in terms of the the more core titles the only other one really is code veronica so you have one of the hardest ones completed which has got to feel good it does now that i know that it does but to be honest i didn't think it was all that hard i no. think the only thing challenging about it was just the controls it felt very clunky like there's times where like i'm running like between different camera shots, I'm like running back and forth. I'm like, God, damn, damn, this way. <laughs> That's what Slugger was saying when he did remake recently. <laughs> yep, it'll get you. And of course, but... the the whole like <laughs> switching between the the different partners, right? And not having an item box. I think those things are annoying. But I'd be I'd be curious what you think because for me, it felt like after the first couple playthroughs, you you kind of get the hang of it. And I'm not saying I think it was a good decision from a game design standpoint to do that. But it is something where you kind of get used to it, and it's not so bad anymore. Especially once you have infinite ammo and you don't have to juggle ammo conservation between two characters. It, it becomes a lot simpler. Yeah, it became a habit. Like, I, like at some point in the game, I was like, oh, okay. You know, I, I really got to like, manage like, what I really need and just not pick up things. The thing that really bothered me, really, really bothered me was just, oh, 
I can't drop any more items in this room. I'm like, dude, first room <laughs> is freaking huge. You tell me I can't drop one more item? Yeah. That was so dumb. Yeah, in like the so main dumb. hall area. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I was like, really? So I got to waste time, watch a cutscene of a door opening, go in, drop an item, then go back into the previous room. That was really stupid. That's right. You have to. But yeah, Resident Evil Zero, I, I enjoy that game. This is a game that I wasn't really trying to play, but uh, I'm trying to get all the plats in Resident Evil series, so I was really happy to get that one. And finally, this is a game I'm currently working on. Started back in Spooktober as well is Inscription. Ooh, man. Inscription, Inscription. Mm -hmm. I've talked about this game way too many times. <laughs> the first time I talked about it, I praised it. I was like, oh, yeah, I like this game so much. It was fun. Then this, like, the next time I was like, oh, I hate this game. This game's dumb. Ugh. But, uh, yeah, I have a, like, a love-hate relationship with this game. Um, like I said, I like the, the whole atmosphere of the game. I like the card, the card game element to it. Uh, the story's really good. The story's really good. But yeah, once you get past all that, you're like, oh, great. Now I have to trophy hunt it, <clears throat> which is not really the fun part of the game. Uh, just because it's like, I'm already 50 hours in, and I, I already feel like I put in way too much time on it. But, sure. Um, the real challenge for me that I already knew before getting into it was Casey's mod. And Casey's mod is basically just the first act. You're playing that and that act alone. And it's fun, but it's like, it's really tough at the beginning. It's definitely, that's where the rogue element, the roguelike element of the game comes into play. It's like, yeah, you really got to just like make sure you know what cards to use, what routes to pick, um, you know, what items to carry as well. That can really be the make or break for a run for you. And once you kind of know the mechanics of the game, you can kind of cheat your way. Because the thing that really helped me, and this is what really like kind of made the game more fun for me again, is card draw. The card draw is really important that game in that game. Hmm. And the thing you can do is, um, you can trick the game into making you always get a one, a, like a one blood card. So okay. the way you can like play cards. It's kind of like magic, like, you know, the cheaper cards are always the best to have because they're easier to play. But like the more expensive ones are usually the ones that are harder to play because you usually don't have like enough lands by that time. Right. If you get the higher, higher mana cards early in the game, there's no way you can play them. But like if you get a two mana cost card, yeah, you, you could definitely play that card. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the same way with description where... Lower cost cards are always the best ones to play, but if you have multiple low cost cards, you're always going to draw one or the other. So the way you can trick the game is to always make sure you have only one low cost card and always make sure that when you get to like the upgrade points, you only upgrade that card. So whenever you enter a match, you always get that, that low cost card. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see what you're saying. So in, in the game, there's a card, it's called the Mantis God, because it can attack in three different directions, which is really good, because once you start beefing it up, you know, it starts off at one attack, but if you beef it up to like six or seven, 
all you really got to do is damage the guy for five, and then that's game. But if you if you beef it up, it can really end the game easily, and make your boss fights very, you know, <laughs> it's like nothing. So that's one of the ways you can kind of trick the game, and that's what made my Casey's mod run very easily. Um, the thing that was very challenging was just trying to do all the challenges activated at once. And I, I told you, Colin, that would work. I felt like a dummy when <laughs> I tried it. So I got to challenge 12, and that's the end of it. So I thought, I was like, all right, you know what? I can do two trophies in one playthrough. I can do, I can beat the challenge 12 and then also complete having all challenges activated. I can do that all in one run. But you get one more challenge after you beat challenge 12. Oh, my God. So that's what that was dumb and that the strategy that i was trying to do where i was trying to do both trophies on run run it took me almost a week and i still didn't even complete it oh so during that week i i was doing that and i could not beat the last challenge and then when i finally realized what was going on i was like oh great i'm a big dummy i beat the challenge 12 got the last challenge and then when i did like all challenges activated only took me like three tries. I was like, what the hell? It doesn't make no sense. <laughs> <That was> stupid. <laughs> but yeah, um, I actually played it a little bit before we recorded. Um, I got two more trophies. So happy to say I only got one more trophy at this point of recording. So I only got one more. Uh, shouldn't be too bad to get this last one. And, you know, hopefully by the time we record on the next episode, you know, I will have Platinum 62 for inscription. Damn. That is pretty, pretty cool, my friend. That game is, that's the part that I kept reading and seeing was just nuts, was that uh, Casey's mod piece. Because I think yeah. on, the, on the Steam release, it was like, it initially came out, obviously, without that. And then that was like sort of the addition. And people were like, oh my gosh, this makes it much more harder to get the all the achievements or whatever on that. So yeah, that's, it's pretty wild. I'm impressed that you're sticking with it. And it is a little funny that you're, you're still playing games from back in Spooktober, you know, that's how it goes. Sometimes those games we think are going to be easy, quick victories end up getting pretty dragged out. So congratulations on Resident Evil zero though. What, uh, so RE4 is probably going to be the next Resident Evil game you play. I think you said you're only missing a few in the mainline franchise. Is that correct? I am. So I am missing four. I have played four, but that was back on the Xbox. So I need Platinums for part four and six. Uh, only two. Wait, is this is No. Yeah, yeah. Four and six. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'm guessing you're just going to wait and do the Platinum for the remake, right? You don't want to go get the, the original RE4 100%? Nah, I'm just gonna, you know, sit here patiently and wait for that game to come out. <laughs> I think that's smart. <laughs> I think that's very smart. But yeah, all three of us need Resident Evil 6. Resident Evil 6 is the only numbered title that I'm still missing the Platinum in. And then the only other one I'd be curious about getting ever is Resident Evil Code Veronica. But that game is... Man, if you thought it felt clunky and hard to go back and play RE0, then yeah, Code Veronica... It's basically just the Genesis slash PS2 port straight over onto the PS5. So it's pretty intense. It looks awful. Yeah, it looks awful. <laughs> it, lo it looks awful. I want it, 
I wanted to check it out so bad, and then I like pulled up gameplay, gameplay, and I'm like, I didn't know there was a Resident Evil game that even looked like this. It looks like ass. <laughs> yeah, it's the colors are very washed out, and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, man. Well, congratulations, sir. So you're at 61 platinums now. Is that correct? Yes, currently I am at 61. All right, that's fantastic, man. Good job. Yeah. Hell of a two plots to have back to back the RE zero and then inscription. Yeah, that's a very. I mean, it, it, I'm not surprised, right? Daryl's got the the quality over the quantity in yeah, terms of definitely. the the platinums there. So well done, sir. <laughs> well done. Yep. Okay, well, Slugger, let's go to you next. Um, you've got some some good okay. notes here. It looks like. So what have you been jamming on? Yeah, I'm actually. I'm gonna deviate from those notes a little bit oh shit um, all right let's go to me next then let's uh no, yeah <laughs> no, i'm only i'm gonna mention one game because i brought it up earlier um mm-hmm. but that marsupilami game i got the platinum on that december 27th so we were on break then for the podcast so i don't think yeah. we, i've had a chance to talk about it no but i actually i had to dig into this because I didn't know what it was from. I didn't know if it was just like a character they created for this video game or if it was like the a situation like the tie, the Tasmanian tiger. So I just looked it up now. I guess it was like a French uh, or maybe either French or Belgian. Actually, it was in both. It was a French character made by a French artist that was in this uh, like comic series. And then it spun off into a Belgian comic series. Uh, which spun off into a U.S. like animated TV show, and then a French, a separate French TV show. There was a Sega game for it, and I guess this PS4, PS5 version of the game hmm. is a. I don't know if it's a remake or a reimagining of that Sega game, because um, I'm kind of learning this on the spot. But the game was really good, and I was surprised by how good it was because I. I saw someone post about it on a Facebook group and they're like, hey, this game's like $2.99. It's worth checking out for that price. I've played it. It's good. So I took that random person's recommendation and I bought it for $2.99. And it's a like really solid uh, like Donkey Kong clone. I would say it relates most to Donkey Kong. That's uh, insane that it was that cheap because I think it this, this shows the release date as 11-24-2022. Yep. That's nuts. Wow. Cause right now it's thirty dollars again. I was just looking on the store. And that that so that might be skewed a little bit. That release date might be the PS5 launch. They almost did like a relaunch of the game when the PS5 version came out. Okay. And they added a whole separate like island to the game for free. Yeah, that's um, what this is saying. There's like a dino island. Yeah. So the game's really it's like not too it's not as hard as Crash, but it's not like just gonna hand you the platinum, you gotta work for it. Um, but it's a typical like platformer where there's like things to collect in the level and you got to collect everything for the trophies. So there's like five feathers per level, kind of like your red coins in a Mario, like a modern Mario game. And then uh, there's like a secret level inside of each level. So you have to find all that stuff, which I did naturally. Uh, I didn't have to use a guide for any of it, which was pretty cool. Um, everything. It's kind of like Super Perils of Baking, where it's like you start to learn the quirks of where things are hidden. Like, oh, that bush looks a little suspect. I'm going to like jump down there and like, oh, cool. I discovered a feather or a secret level. Hmm. Um, yeah, I love that kind of shit. Yeah. And the base game was pretty good, but it went it went kind of fast. And I 
which is why the DLC was cool on the PS5 version because it's totally free. And I thought it was going to be like one or two levels. It was a whole separate island with like an additional like 10 levels. But it's like this dinosaur island. And once you clear all the levels, like this volcano goes off and you see like uh, the ashes and the fire from the there's like an overworld kind of like Super Mario World uh, where your character walks like level to level and you like select the level and go into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So in the overworld, you see the volcano go off and like all the fires hitting those levels and you can like go back into them and you play like a remixed harder version of the levels. So really cool platformer. Um, I highly recommend it. It plays really solid. There is a little like, it's not a bug trophy, but there is this weird thing because you have like this sprint button, which is actually kind of cool because this animal you're playing as has a really long tail. And his sprint animation is like the tail goes into a ball around him, almost like a big wheel. And he's like almost running on his tail in this big, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It's a cool animation. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's um, take a look at this here. Yeah. There's something weird with that where like the square button, which is the sprint button will just like stop working. All your other buttons work. Everything works, but you can't sprint like square just refuses to work and you have to close the game and reopen it. It didn't happen to me once until Skrillis complained to me about it in a party chat. And I had been playing for like two or three days by that point. Nothing happened. Like I had no glitches. And then Skrillis brought it up and he's like, yeah, this thing happens in the game. And then out of nowhere, it started happening to me left and right. Uh, (laughs) So I'm like, dude, you cursed you. You cursed me. Yeah, it's a really cool platformer. Definitely something you can knock out in a weekend. Highly recommend it. Uh, if you ever, I don't know if it'll ever go that cheap again, or if it was like a one-time thing to promote the PS5 version, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's great. Very cool. All right, back to my scheduled stuff. Which God, I don't even want to talk about it because I've spent so much time in it. But <laughs> I went into a big AC Valhalla DLC sync over the last couple of weeks. I got the platinum in this game probably about a month after it came out. Like it launched and I went like headfirst into it and it's a really long game. It took me like a hundred hours just to do the base game. Yeah, I remember that. But I was like really determined. I know a couple of people in the community have tried and they've kind of like fallen off the plat um, just because it's so long and there's so much to collect and do. But I love Assassin's Creed games. That's one of the series where I'd like to have at least one version of every game like platinumed at some point. I'm still missing a few. But yeah, now that I'm trying to like cleanup completion percentage it was really bugging me that i had the platinum in this game but my overall percentage for the game was at like 60 percent, and it was just bugging the hell out of me like how do i have 40 percent of the trophies missing but i have the platinum like it makes no sense so annoying like there's that much dlc i actually counted up while daryl was talking there's 42 dlc trophies so almost that's so and it took me took me about 40 to 50 hours to do it all. So almost an entire another game or two just in the DLC alone. Oh my God. There's a lot of good in the DLC because they're all kind of different things. And there's a lot of bad in the DLC. So let's see the good stuff I want to hit on are the DLC packs for uh, wrath of the Druids, which is where your character goes to Ireland and you're dealing with like witches and like some weird like druid activity there and you're trying to like figure it out 
that area is really cool. The story there is really cool. They introduce a new weapon type there, which is the sickle. Um, so it's kind of cool to get to play around with new weapons on that. That sounds pretty fun, yeah. I like sickles. Yeah. There's some really cool like executioners like tied to that weapon, too. Like mm-hmm. chopping people's heads off and stuff. Oh, gosh. It's brutal. Um, yep. <laughs> the Siege of Paris was probably my favorite DLC. You kind of join this band of rebels who are trying to overthrow... God, I can't think of the king's name. King um, Louis? <laughs> yeah, I think you're actually right. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's probably like 100 there, Louis, there is like so There's I'm like sure 14 that's... or 16 King Louis in French history, so that's not, yeah, too descriptive. but Good educated guess. Yep. It sounds right. Yeah. But he, he, they referred to him as like the fat king or something oh, in, yeah. in the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you join this band of rebels and you're overthrowing Paris, and it kind of gave me the plague fall or plague tail vibes because like you're going through the slums and there's they introduce this new mechanic where there's rats and you have to like scare the rats away and then like if the rats run into the sewer or under like a grate or something you have to cover that so they don't come back out otherwise you won't be able to like complete the puzzle so you can kind of see they took some uh, ideas from plague tail for that so really enjoyed that dlc then we get into the Dawn of Ragnarok DLC, which they were touting as like, this is the biggest Assassin's Creed DLC we've ever done. Like, might as well be its own game. And they were right. It was long. Um, but I don't think it was very good, personally. Um, hmm. And this is just kind of a personal preference. I like when Assassin's Creed sticks to like the actual things that happen in history or things that are grounded in have happened in real life at some point because they add that little spin like, Oh, here's George Washington, but he was actually like working with the assassins or something. Like I like that cool, like spin on history. Yeah. Me stuff too. They do in assassin's creed, but the last couple of games they've been going like really into the like fantasy side of stuff. And, um, I can't think of what do they, they would tie it back to what oh, was the that advanced race? The, the Isu. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, all these gods that you hear about, Thor and Loki, and like they weren't just mythical gods, like they were actually Isu. Oh shit, I probably should have marked that spoilers. I I don't think it's very. Yeah, good. it's alright. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about it, guys. The yeah. story sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no one's cared about the modern day pieces of AC since Assassin's Creed Three. So. Yeah. So like, in theory, it's a cool idea, but I don't know. It's hard to like go to these. Like they. This whole DLC took place in Spartalheim, which is kind of cool coming out of God of War Ragnarok and see like the differences to the Ragnarok story that they did. But I don't like it. Maybe it's because I just played God of War Ragnarok, but the way they told the Ragnarok story in this DLC, I thought it was just awful, like really bad. Nothing made sense. It was super confusing. They kind of just like throw you into the middle of it. Like your character, your main character, uh, in the Viking times, Eivor like drinks this potion and it allows him to like relive these memories, I guess, of the past. So he's re reliving like Thor or not Thor, uh, like Odin's life. You play as Odin hmm. and you're playing as Odin going through Svartalheim trying to stop Ragnarok, but they just drop you into the middle of it. Like he just wakes up and his son, his son's been kidnapped and his wife is uh, something happens to his wife. Um, and then just like throw you right into it and they're like all right like stop ragnarok and i'm like why 
like what how can you just like throw me into this and not explain anything there's like no lead up to this whatsoever sure sure it might have been my fault because there was stuff in the base base game where you played as odin which did kind of like lead into this so maybe it's just i took way too long of a break between playing the base game and this it's possible Um, it's like what a year or two years in between yeah yeah but that also gets me i think that's also kind of their fault because they released this beefy dlc almost a year after the game came out so it's like how am i supposed to remember anything i did a year ago without like doing the legwork and the research to like i don't know like watch a youtube video i don't know yeah but story wasn't very good they did add some cool like abilities to the donna ragnarok dlc uh like you could turn so you had this uh this i think they called it like an auger rip or something and your character wore it on his wrist but okay. instead of like you would kill enemies and then you could like siphon their power oh um, weird so so if you killed like a fire dude you could steal his power and then like walk on lava like you'd be immune to fire or you could kill ravens and then steal their ability of flight and then fly around the map and a lot of that was used to like solve the puzzles and collect certain things around the world i liked that aspect of it i don't know how you would tie something like that to like the the factual history side of the game i don't think you could right but the actual like gameplay of it was kind of cool i guess my biggest gripe is the story yeah it's just Um, a trend right in assassin's creed it just feels like the newer games they're playing a little bit more fast and loose with what made the old games very special in a story sense and and they're kind of getting away from like the more sci-fi element of it like i mean let's not forget the whole premise that the series is based on was you playing through the genetic imprinted memories in your dna of your ancestors right so you're like that's what it was (laughs) and and now all of a sudden you're stealing ability to walk on lava as odin and you're fucking playing with like spears and shit they give you like godlike powers and odyssey very odd yeah it's very very weird yeah they've they've gone down the rabbit hole quite a bit which is why i'm actually really excited for mirage because it seems like they're going back to the roots of Mm -hmm. the older assassin's creed games on a modern console yeah i'm I'm excited to see what that looks like that was actually my Um, honorable mention for our maximums questions earlier earlier in the show but didn't quite make the top five list but yeah ac mirage pretty mm -hmm. hyped so i hope that's good Geez, that's only half the DLC I actually played in this. That's insane. They they had mastery challenges, which are kind of like the challenges in like any of the Arkham games. So there'd be like combat challenges and stealth challenges where you would get put into this small area and it would say like steal these five treasures, go unnoticed, and air assassinate like x amount of targets and you would have to do all those things in one go to get a perfect score or there was combat challenges like you need x amount of fire kills x amount of kills throwing an enemy off a ledge and x amount of parries and the only way you can get a perfect score is if you do all those things i see um Hmm. some of those were actually really cool and i liked it uh i liked the challenge other ones uh were kind of a pain in the ass like the fire one was really frustrating because they only give you so many enemies. So if you mess up and accidentally kill an enemy from any other source uh, other than like a f- like him catching on fire, then you're screwed and you have to restart the challenge. 
Um, so that can, I don't know. I was pulling at my pulling out my hair at a few points. You guys heard me in party chat, but yeah, there was a lot of good and bad with the mastery challenges. It just kind of depended on what the requirements were for the mission. Um, let's see, what else did they have in there? They added a whole bunch of like tombs, which were cool to go through, and they actually give you a really dope armor set. I actually did those tomes before, or those tombs before I did anything else. So I was able to go through all the DLC with this like baller armor set that just made me like near invincible. <laughs> nice. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. The puzzles in those were kind of standard, standard Assassin's Creed or Laura Croft style like tomb puzzles to get through. Nothing cosmetic there. And then I think their last hurrah for the DLC was the Forgotten Saga which was supposed to close out Odin's story, which, again, I didn't care for the story elements of this DLC, but I liked the premise of the gameplay. Um, they essentially turned Assassin's Creed into a roguelike, hmm. and you get dropped into Helheim, and you have to go through, like, three stages of Helheim with... Or, yeah, you have to go through three stages of Helheim with uh, starting with nothing. So you start with absolutely nothing, other than, I think, like a very basic sword and a very basic armor set. And as you go through and do the different, like, challenges through these areas, you progressively get better and better loot, but it's also, like, randomized, and it's kind of up to you to pick the right choices to make a build around. So you can pick, uh, like, a better weapon, or you can pick a better passive ability, or if you're, like, close to death, you can go the healing route and pick... Uh, like a healing reward, things like that. Typical roguelike elements. And you have to clear the three areas and like four total bosses without dying. So I thought that was a really cool challenge. Yeah, it sounds um, it sounds pretty interesting. I, I think mixing those two like styles together, it sort of like reminds me of Prey Moon Crash a little yep. bit. Yeah, in the sense that they just like, we're, we're going to change the genre. And it's like, oh, it actually worked. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that... That's pretty much it on Valhalla. Um, okay. Let me make sure I hit everything. Yeah. It's just like insane said, to me the creep in the amount of DLC, right? I think you can even have a pretty interesting discussion if you look at AC Origins to AC Valhalla to AC Val or sorry to AC Odyssey to AC Valhalla, and just like how each game progressively just has this like more and more and more and more yeah. content with it. And pretty, pretty wild. Again, why I'm excited for Mirage, because it seems like it's going to be shorter, contained, and more old school. So, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. It's like um, a chore. You have to go back and clean these lists up all the time because they keep adding shit, you know? It, it's funny because it's such a first world problem. Like, if you're a Valhalla fan, which I like the game, but it's like, I don't know, some people, maybe if I was a kid and I didn't, like, have the money to buy games at the rate I can now, it would be awesome because I'd be like, cool, I can keep playing my favorite game. Like, it's never ending. Mm -hmm. um, but now when there's so many freaking ga good games coming out all the time, it's like, I don't want to pump another 50 to 60 hours into a game I've already spent 100 hours on. Like, it just feels like disrespecting of my time, especially as a dad. So, yeah, I feel that. I feel Let's that. see. I guess to close it out, uh, I just got the Platinum on Tabletop Racing World Tour, which was a, uh old cleanup game. I think my first trophy in that was like 2016. I got that from PlayStation Plus. It's essentially a Hot Wheels, unlicensed Hot Wheels game. Like you're playing as these little cars 
uh, driving around kids' bedrooms, and uh, one of them's like you're on the deck of a boat, just driving through these worlds where everything's like super sized because you're a little like Hot Wheels car. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the game's cool. It's a, I think it handles well. It's a pretty good like kart racer style game. You get like power ups, but there is some challenges in that which are extremely frustrating. And without like, if you don't cheese it, it would be really hard to do. But like the big ones that I think are the hardest are like the drifting challenges. And I was averaging like a hundred thousand to two thousand, two hundred thousand points per drifting challenge. And you get to the end of the game, and they're like do a million points in 90 seconds and it's like oh my god i can barely hit six figures yeah you're like, like what the fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> luckily people found out cheese is where you can just like do donuts in certain parts of the levels and mm-hmm. just like sit there and just hold your hold your gas and keep the stick turned to the left and you're gonna rack up a million points like so um overall i think it's a good game i don't know if i'd go out of my way to buy it there's a plenty of other kart racers out there that are worth your time over yeah. this one and this one's a bit older but as a cleanup game i felt pretty good about cleaning it up i am working on the dlc now um that's kind of where i'm i'm starting to fall off and not like it as much because the difficulty from the base game to the dlc uh that like difficulty spike is ridiculous sure like, i am struggling so much on the dlc like the new maps are much harder to get around there's like jumps and th- more things in your way and sharper turns. And you can tell, I don't know, you can tell they almost designed it to where like, all right, these people played the base game. We're going to ramp it up and really challenge them here. Yeah. And I'm at, I'm at the point where I'm like, do I even really care about the hundred percent in this? Cause I'm wasting my time doing this, not having fun. Could be doing other things. I mean, that's for you to, the- to, to decide, but personally I would be kind of over you know, at some point you're like, if it's one trophy, like fuck it, <laughs> like that's yeah, what, that's for me at least. Yeah, there's uh, I think it was seven DLC trophies, maybe six. All of them, but one are pretty easy. I can get all of them, but one. But the one where you have to three star every DLC challenge, yeah, I don't know that I can do that. And what makes me feel better, I'm not alone in that. I was like frustrated last night, and I was digging through PSN profiles forum. And people are like, I had a way easier time on Akuma mode and Evil Within. Like, yeah, that's wild. Like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fucking what wild. What am I getting myself into? I guess, in, so it's a 6.42% to do that on PSM profiles. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are saying it used to be way easier. And the developers like patched it and made it way harder or something. I don't know what they patched or what they fixed or what they did to make the dlc harder yeah but i guess it used to be super easy to get and now like it's extremely hard and a lot of people are saying like this trophy realistically should be like less than one percent oh wow so i'm struggling through it i think i'll give it a couple more playthroughs and if i'm just not getting there i'll probably drop it or clean up what i can and drop that one trophy sure sure interesting uh yeah and then elder scrolls online I don't think I want to talk too much about that this time, just because we're still pretty early on, and I'm sure you'll talk about that. So I'll kind of wait till we have some more adventures before I dive into that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, I don't have a ton to add on ESO at this point in time either, other than to say, from a purely experiential standpoint, it is really taking me back to my RuneScape days, which probably sounds hilarious to a lot of people, but like... I have not played a MMO or like a an MMORPG 
since RuneScape. <laughs> so a lot of like the vibes and like just the, the sort of feel of it, of like getting on and your friends are all in the same world. You might be doing different things, but you meet up for different quests or for, for adventuring together into the wilds or boss fights or whatever. It's just really cool. I'm having a really great time with it, regardless of the fact that I'm playing on the PS4 version, which I think you are as well. So um, yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll touch on that maybe not next episode, but maybe the following what we've been playing when we get into yep. some of that. So very cool. Let's see. For me, I have a, a couple quick updates on games. Uh, that is that I have finally, since we last talked about this, gotten the Platinum in Arcade Geddon, thanks largely to the help of Slugger and Skrillis, who came in and helped me with some of the combat-specific trophies that I can, could not have done single-player and so I was very thankful for that. A lot of the grind was done single player, but some of those those combat trophies, you just you really need a certain number of people in the room. So very cool, very appreciative of that. And it's actually got my two rarest trophies on my PSM profiles are from Arcade Geddon. In, in fact, the rarest trophy I have is the Arcade Geddon Platinum, sitting at 1.76%. So I am very stoked about that. And... I would recommend that game if you don't mind taking it slowly and you have some people that will kind of play with you. I think the core loop of the game is fun. You just, you're going to burn out if you try to just grind out that, like back to back to back to back. Like according to PSM profiles, that game took me five months and three weeks. So almost half a year to do, but it was worth it to get, um, to get all those, those very rare trophies. So got that done. And then sort of randomly and out of nowhere, I was, uh, you know, on, you know, just a whim, I basically replayed Donut County, which I had 1,000 gamer scored on Xbox just because it was on Game Pass. And it is such a fun game. Like, it's just so chill. It's really enjoyable. I don't know about like necessarily replay value, like multiple times on the same console at least, but it took me an hour and 43 minutes to get all 21 trophies. It's got eight golds, five silvers, and seven bronzes. It's not a very rare platinum by any means, but I do think it's fun, and I do think it's a, an interesting premise, all made by one person. So, yeah, go check out Donut County. It's usually on sale for pretty cheap, and I think it's very good. So those were the two platinums that I've earned since we last spoke. I did also earn 100% in Laura Croft and the Temple of Osiris, which took me five years and five months <laughs> since I very first started it a long time ago. And kind of keeping with the theme of 2023 being a very heavy cleanup year for me. I've already raised my completion percentage by 1.4% just in the last few weeks. So I'm pretty happy about that. And this is part of it. And weirdly enough, this game is quite rare. There is no platinum, but the 100% on PSM profiles is 2.56. So that was incredibly surprising to me. This game is not that hard, but I guess just not a lot of people really went back and got all the challenges on the tombs because in fact all the other trophies you get just from playing through the story of the game which takes let's say five or six yeah maybe seven hours so there's really only one trophy that you have to do anything extra for and i didn't find it to be that hard there is a guide i found on youtube that goes through all the tombs and shows you how to do all the gold uh, point rating so getting as many like coins and stuff as possible and getting all the optional challenges and it does that for every single tomb so the only thing that i couldn't find a guide for that you had to just learn was the speed runs of each tomb and all said and done i'd say it took me about 12 to 15 hours to get and 
was very fun. Now, I will say, if you have a PS5 and you're going to play this game, it does suffer from a bit of performance issues, and there's a message that pops up when you go to play it that it might experience weird behavior on the PS5. What that manifested itself as for me was weird black lines across the screen, like almost like every other row is kind of hard to describe, like kind of looked like a striped flag where like some of the stripes I could see what was supposed to be on the screen and the other stripes were just black bars. But it wasn't for whole dungeons or areas. It would just come up for like 15, 20, 25 seconds at a time every once in a while. So while it was incredibly annoying, it was not something that, you know, prohibited me from getting the plat or getting the 100%. But I would play this on PS4 if you have the option and not on PS5. So those are sort of my like 100% and cleanups. I'm also still working on Star Ocean, the Divine Force. I'm currently sitting at a B rank for the game with 23 of 54 trophies earned, 34% on the trophy list. But I am at 94% in the main game, according to the uh, according to just this like the card when I hover over it on the PS home screen. So I'm I'm coming along there, and I I think the game is really good. I I think the seven out of ten that IGN gave it and Gamespot gave it is pretty spot on. There are some very obvious areas where they have cut corners in terms of the animations in the game. I think every character only has like three to four stock movements and animations. So no matter what scene they are in or cutscene they are in, you know, when they're talking to other characters, they're doing like one of four things and they're not moving their mouth really. And it's like, it's, it's, it's kind of goofy. It's a little bit cheesy and a little over the top. It suffers from, I think what a lot of the JRPG genre does when it comes to trophy hunting in that they're just so long and asking you to do everything makes it even longer. So I'm going to be close to 40 hours just to beat the base story. But there are post-game dungeons that I need to do, uh, three of them. And I have to beat the last one, the hardest one, three times in order to get the option to fight this boss in a certain way to get another trophy. Then I have to go back and replay the game a whole second time with the other character and max out my relationships with all the characters again so all said and done, you're probably looking at 70 to 80 to 90 hours, somewhere in that range, to platinum this game. And I just don't know if it's good enough to really justify you spending 90 hours with it. So more and more, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about just getting as much done in my first playthrough as I can, and then setting it aside, not uninstalling it, but just taking the disc out because I have the physical version of this game, and then doing something else for a little bit, and then I can slowly kind of chip away at the second playthrough. Um, right now, the Platinum is sitting at a 6.67% on PSM profiles and is sitting at a 1.0% on the native. Uh, that's for the PS5 version. And I have yet to find a guide anywhere for this game. There is guides for specific trophies, but there is no uh, power picks guide there is no psm profiles guide which makes it really tough because i don't know if i'm fucking myself over and missing certain things at all until it's too late so i'm just like screw it i'm just gonna go with it one thing i am proud of and one thing i do like about the game is that there is very good trophy tracking for the game so you can see like the specific numbers of certain things that you're going for so let me give you an example here uh, there is a trophy to complete 90% of the bestiary called Battleborn Warrior. I have 141 out of 209 enemies 
encountered. So it gives you very specific numbers, right? Uh, let's see what else. Obtain all treasure chests in the universe. I have 177 out of the 242 without any guide at all. So that I was pretty happy about. So stuff like that. There's a couple collectibles to be aware of. You have to max out your relationships with every single character. So it is, you know, it's a lot. But I do think it's worth checking out if you're a JRPG fan. And also if you don't necessarily care about getting the platinum in every single game you play. Like, I think this is fun. I'm still not convinced I'm going to platinum it as of right now. But I want to get mm-hmm. my percentage to a level that I'm comfortable with. Um, I'm hoping, like, above 60%, I'll probably feel pretty good. So, yeah, that's Star Ocean, the Divine Force. I will continue to sort of chip away at that. But I've been distracted by another cleanup game and the final game I'm going to talk about, which is Detroit Become Human. So I am currently sitting at 77%. On Detroit Become Human, I finished my first playthrough of the game, where I played through a pacifist playthrough, and I wanted to shout out. Um, actually, what is the author? It's Halls One Hundred and Red Underscore Dragon Underscore JPN for their guide on Detroit Become Human, because I think this guide is actually exceptionally well written on PSM profiles. You you just need to follow this, and it's only two playthroughs of this game, which after having finished it the first go round. I could have easily fucked myself over so many times if I just did a blind playthrough of this thing. Like, I can't imagine the amount of extra work and cleanup you would create for yourself if you didn't do that. <laughs> Were you going to say something, Slugger? Sorry. You know, I was, I was just going to agree that that's a nightmare of a game to try and figure out naturally. Yeah. Like, if you look at the, the homepage for the guide, right, it's literally only two trophies are unmissable out of the 48 trophies 49 if you include the platinum <laughs> so like so many of them are dependent on very specific decisions and doing things in the right order when you're playing the game and yeah pretty pretty nuts so i'm sitting at 77 percent. like i said the first trophy i popped in the game was on july 29th 2019 and i've gone back now and cleaned up a ton more this game was sitting at two percent for me in my backlog and now it's 77 as i noted so this is a big part of where I've been spending my time. And I think I will probably end up platinuming this before I really spend a ton more time at any point with Star Ocean. I just feel like kind of getting it done and knocked out. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of vibing on seeing what the different choices are with the game. But there, there's certainly smarter people than me who could tell you a lot about why this game is important. But it is important, I think, thematically. And it is important for sort of the future of storytelling and sort of like trying to trying to provide an avenue of empathy to the player. I, I think even though you're playing as three different androids during the game, I, I didn't really ever feel like that in my playthrough. And it's it certainly humanizes this notion of 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 robotics and what artificial intelligence could be, some of the issues that could come with it and what a potential near future for humanity looks like. So regardless of the trophy hunt, which if you follow the guide is, is quite simple, the story is well worth your time and is very thought-provoking. So I highly recommend Detroit. I'm so I'm like pissed it took me this long to get to it. People have been telling me for years that I need to play this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so guess what? I'm going and I'm playing it and really recommend. But... Yeah, that is what uh, that is what I have been playing. You guys have any questions, comments, or concerns? No, I'm glad you're playing it. Me too. Me too. 
it's it's gonna be great. And my, my current plan right now is to platinum that and then I'm gonna go back and clean up until dawn alongside continuing to chip away at Star Ocean. And uh, then we'll then we'll see where we go. I really want to play The Last of Us Part One because it's a physical game for me, so I have to put the disc in and all that kind of shit. Swap it with Star Ocean, and I want to just knock it out because I think it's like twenty hours one playthrough, and it's a pretty chill plat. And I'm I kind of want to be playing that concurrent to the show launching on HBO tomorrow. So we'll we'll see. But yeah, that's it. I think that's gonna do it on what we've been playing, guys. Anything to add before we get out to closing up the show? No. No. I got. Good. I got nothing. I'm stoked for The Last of Us, by the way. Oh, I me too. That's coming out yeah, yeah it's going to be it's gonna be tomorrow, man. I'm making Stephanie watch it with me. Because <laughs> <It's, laughs> uh, I, I was raving to her about how much I loved Last of Us Part 2. And my parents bought me Last of Us Part 1 for Christmas. And I was like, you guys, Mom, you need to watch the show. It's coming out on HBO. Like, So I think she'll like it. The people love it. And the They're people about it right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's doing really well for itself. Doing really well. All right, guys. Well, we've been recording for quite a long time here. We're at two hours and 35 minutes into the episode. So let's go ahead and and close up on episode 76 of the show. But I got a little surprise for you guys, okay? I'm going to be doing this every episode. I didn't put it in the show notes until just now because I didn't want you to read ahead. But I'm going to be asking you at the end of the episode, it's called the lightning round. These will be three questions that are either going to be yes or no questions or pretty simple ones. And they're all going to be verifiable based on the next coming weeks. So I'm going to ask you some questions about games. We're going to see who got the answers right when we record our next episode. And I'm going to track your answers as we go throughout the year. And we'll just see uh, how we do. So with that, um, looks like Slugger's already writing, but that's fine. We'll have you answer verbally as well. (laughs) (laughs) So the first question that I have for you, Daryl, I'll go to you first, is what difficulty will Dead Space Remake's trophy guide get from Power Picks? Out of 10, what difficulty will Dead Space Remake Trophy Guide get? What difficulty? Uh, let's do a six. Oh, wait. Uh, that's not copying Slugger's answer. I She genuinely said. All right. So you can say six out of 10. Okay. Very good. Slugger, what are you saying? I feel pretty confident it's six. Can we both have the same answer? You can have the same answer. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. I want to stick to six. Okay. Second question. SpongeBob and the Cosmic Shake will have blank gold trophies. So, Daryl, how many gold trophies do you think SpongeBob and the Cosmic Shake will have? Oh, let's see. Can I ask questions? Yeah. Let me pull up for you just real fast. Um, I'm going to tell you how many uh, Mm. Bikini Bottom had because I think that maybe you might want to know that, and I should have had that pulled up beforehand. So Bikini Bottom had six six gold trophies. Many? It had kind six. Out there. Sorry, six, six gold, tr- okay. gold trophies. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's do six as well. Okay. All right. Slugger, how many gold trophies do you think it will have? I'm, I'm going under. I'm going to say five. Ooh, okay. Well, price is right action. You know what I'm saying? Happened a couple times. Let's go. All right. And last but not least, this is a yes or no question. Daryl. Dead Space Remake will have the trophy for beating the game with Plasma Cutter only. Yes or no? Plasma Cutter's iconic weapon for that game, man. It would be a shame if it's not. I gotta say yes. Okay. Alright. And Slugger, what about you? Will have the trophy for Plasma Cutter only. Yes or no? I'm gonna say six. (laughs) I mean, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Alright. Very, 
Very good. Um, and I guess, you know what? I suppose there's no reason why I can't answer as well, right? We could track, track them all. So I'm yeah, going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say it's going to be a 5 out of 10 for the difficulty uh, because I don't think that they are going to have the same difficulty trophies in the game. Just a, yeah. a thought. I don't, th- I don't think it'll go to 7. I think that SpongeBob will have three gold trophies. And I think that they will also, yes, have the trophy for the plasma cutter only. So we've got a couple different answers all around, but I think a lot of us had a similar similar thinking about these things. I, I The thing I think that will save and why the difficulty won't be crazy is because even if they have like beat the game on hard or whatever, they're not going to make you beat the game with the plasma cutter only on hard or speed run only on hard. Those things will be like any difficulty so you can play the game on easy and just use a plasma cutter only on new game plus or something right um so i think that's why it won't be too bad but very good guys first lightning round done we'll go over the scores next next time we record see how we did as, as well as ask the next set of three questions and i'm going to keep it relevant to upcoming titles so that we can always check it pretty quickly you know i'm not going to ask you the same sort of questions about like final fantasy 16 and we have to wait six months to get answers so yeah should be good okay guys that's gonna do it for episode 76 of the trophy talk podcast thank you so much for listening we hope that you have enjoyed the show happy new year and happy gaming before we go though slugger where can people find you at slugger jd i've updated it yes Um, so my my new playstation name is slugger jd uh you can find me on psn profiles or um yeah, the PlayStation Network. Shoot me a firm request. Let's party up, boost some trophies. <laughs> there you go. Let's do it. Daryl, what about you? Where should people look for you? Uh, you can find me on PlayStation, PSN Profiles, Discord, at the Tall Simone Guy. There you go. And you can find me on Discord, PlayStation, Xbox, and I think I'm missing something. YouTube, CK Present. Basically, CK Present everywhere which is kind of nice. I'm unified. So wherever you want to find us, you know, re- come and join the Discord if you aren't there in there already. And uh, we'll have some updates for you guys on races and all that fun stuff in the next episode. So until then, take care, and we'll catch you later. Goodbye. Bye.